internet what's up and welcome back to the light i'm scott pearson and as always i'm joined by the hilarious detron edwards and the infamous john l fellas what's up what's good what's up what's up what's happening there boy what's going on <laughs> is this detron who's this who's this last week it was your grandpa to answer who's this now uh no this is jay lee oh no uh-oh wait a minute now that's too close to my <laughs> Oh boy, listen, listen here. I ain't even written now. You, 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 northern people always want to try and disinfect somebody. You know, you ain't gonna sit up there and treat me like that. Cause the only person out there that can talk to me and treat me like that is uh, uh that that boy uh, uh Ming Rains. Him, he, you know how to. Me and him had the same language teacher. You know how to talk to me. <laughs> to you and him, you ain't in the same uh uh planets. You know, you understand what I'm saying, y'all. You ain't in the same jelly jar. That's what it is. See, me and him, we know how to talk to each other. See, let's see, boy, you keep on laughing, boy. See, I, I, I put these fish heads up you. Whoa. You don't know who I am. Whoa, whoa, John, I need a translation, man. What the heck are you talking about? I, I, That's my tennis. That's my tennis, boy. <laughs> I think he's talking about putting foot to hind parts. Oh, okay. That's right. That's that's my tennis. My tennis shoes. The tennis. You gonna sit oh. up there? Yeah, my tennis. See, I told. See, you, you got to, boy, you know them boys always want to disrespect somebody. I told y'all that y'all gonna leave me alone. See, you know, and me and me and uh, me and Ike Tyson, we got we kind of you know we cool too. See, me, him, and Ming Rains, we know how to talk to each other. We know how to relate. Mm-hmm. See, we we can get together and have a good. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. We could talk. We could talk. And uh, you know, you, you see, I tell you, you you know them boys. I don't know what the deal is. We can get a piece of straw in my mouth. That's a long conversation. You get a piece of straw in your mouth. That means your mouth so dry, you just grew or instant cornstalk out your mouth because you're sitting up there. You didn't talk so long. If you can build with somebody and they let you talk that long, it's got a cornstalk out your mouth. Uh-huh. That's a relationship, boy. That's a good relationship. So, I got oh, 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 wait a minute. Look, you put my geo tracker back. Oh, Oh, they done put it on the truck. Oh, I got to go. Uh-oh. I had two more payments left. Two more payments left. Hold, hold on. Got put, nah, hell no. Nah, put it down. Yo, everybody two always trying to jack my show, man. Yo, your family yeah. crazy, man. Yo, Yo, I'm telling you, man. I can't walk away from the mic for a second, man. My my cousin Jay Lee, my my, my uncle Demon. Did I tell you? De- How is Demon spelled with a W? That's the <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's just uh, I got a nutty family, man. It's just a nutty family. But yeah, thank you, thank you, people, for bringing us back again, and then welcome to the Light Podcast Show. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we wrapped up PE. Last week, you ready for this? With over six thousand downloads, and I can't, wow. I can't begin to stress how much uh, we appreciate it all. I mean, we worked right. so hard on those two shows that we did, and we did our best to reveal not only our thoughts but our feelings on the impact of PE on hip hop, but on our overall consciousness on what it is that we need to be thinking about. So, the response, you know, to those two episodes have been tremendous. You know, we love you guys for it. We appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Just just keep showing. Mm-hmm. Keep downloading. Keep sharing. You know, a lot of good traffic on the uh, Facebook pages and the Twitter pages. Keep giving us your suggestions. You know what I mean? Keep keep engaging us because all we're doing is taking a retrospective look at what we enjoy, which is hip-hop, and just trying to keep it fresh. Most definitely. Most definitely. Loving the comments as well. I mean, 
you guys have been sending, you know, um, you know, videos, YouTube videos and things of that nature of songs and, and things that you're working on. We appreciate that. But this week we have another special review on tap. We headed out west for the first time to hit up Ice T's debut album, Rhyme Pays. Ice, Ooh. yeah, man, Ice was definitely a pioneer out there, but um, his connections back to the East Coast were as strong as ever on this album, which brings to light a very, very interesting question, and I want to ask you with that. I know I always pop up with these surprise questions, and I'm going to do it again to you this time. Uh-oh. Hey, I got it. Scott, you're always putting out the questions. What's up? So I got a question for you and Debt. You what's guys up? ready? Yeah, what's up? In 30 seconds or less, tell me the difference. Because the reason why this question came about, let me, because Scott, you always do that. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me take it from your angle. Okay. This question it came about in my head because I'm always self-correcting when I say rap and I switch it up to hip hop. Okay. So it got me thinking, you know what I mean? Over the years, I've heard a lot of different definitions of what's rap versus what's hip-hop i know where you're going so so now my question to you guys is what's the difference between rap and hip-hop oh that you want to go first or you want me to go first i think i answered this before you put my quote out there it's it's a you know it's your soul it's you know it's all that stuff that's that's what i felt but yeah the the difference between rap and hip-hop rap is something you do yeah hip-hop is something you feel yeah krs KRS defined that. KRS. Mm-hmm. KRS. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That, that to me is just the difference between rap and hip hop. Rap is something you do. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is something you feel that's in your soul and your heart. Yeah. It's a movement. Mm-hmm. It's a culture. Yeah, hip hop is the way you live. Boom. That would have been my answer. Yeah. Boom. There you go. All right. Go. All right. All right. All right. Can I, can I bridge off of your question, John? Go right ahead. What is the difference between a rapper and an MC? Oh, can I can I go second on that? Okay, I'll, I'll go first. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> a rapper. It, this doesn't have to be thirty seconds, does it? Nah, that, that you right. could take you could take two years if you want to. I want to hear that. <laughs> a rapper is somebody with a gift for being able to be a lyricist to have lyrics that they can put together in any kind of form and make it sound good. And MC gets the whole party jumping, gets everybody in the party excited. They're kind of like a hype man to a record. That's an MC to me. Somebody can control the crowd and control the the rhythm of the party. I got you. All right. I got you. All right, John, what you got, man? And I was going to say it in a little bit more succinct fashion than that. To me, a rapper is that guy who sits down and puts pen to paper. Okay. Period. I don't care, you know what I mean? So to me, Eminem is a rapper. Jay-Z is an MC. That's freestyle that, you know, cause you can just listen to a beat as an MC. Cause as that just described, it's a person that moves the crowd. You know what I mean? Eric B and Rakim told us that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's the person that moves the crowd. Right. The crowd, as Det knows, being a comedian, you know, you can, you can do three shows in the same club in the same exact night and have three totally different crowds. Right. That, am I wrong? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so therefore, as an MC, you got to be able, because I'm sure Debt has experienced this over the course of his comedic career, where he has two or three shows at the same venue and in the same night, and he has his material written down. But because he's a professional, if something's not landing in show one, 
he's going to tail off and do something else. He's going to somewhat freestyle in order to keep the crowd engaged. Because exactly. something just, you know what I mean? Something, something's different. The crowd, the, the atmosphere, you know, the movement, the energy, whatever, something's different. So that, you know, whatever joke that he told at, at the two-minute mark of his routine just ain't hitting right then. Mm -hmm. You come to show two, he tells that same joke, kills the room. No didn't have to ad-lib anything, didn't have to do anything, kills the room. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. So to me, that rapper is that that well-rehearsed individual. You know what I mean? He's going to write it down. He's going to make sure everything is, you know, all the I's are dotted and the T's across. The MC, MC's waking up out of bed, brushing his teeth, throwing his cango on, kicking it to the side, and I'm hitting the streets. Okay. However it moves me, it, it moves me. To me, the rapper is at a step below the MC because the MC got to be able to think on his feet, got to be able to move, got to be able to bob and weave, got to be Ali with it. Yes, you, you got know? I like that. I like that. Can I go? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> he All said, right. can I? <laughs> so this is, so Dad, put your seatbelt on, I man. Kick this it? is about something. <laughs> yes, <All right>. I can. <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> so the question was the difference between a rapper and an MC. I'm going to first start off by telling you Detron and your definition of a rapper was spot on. Now, again, I am no authority. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a rapper. I'm not an MC. I am no authority. I'm just telling you what I feel in my heart is a definition between the two. I think there is a distinct difference in the distinct definition of what defines a rapper and an MC. So your Detron and, 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 and John's definition of a rapper is spot on. You know what I'm saying? You got a guy or you know a woman that can write down lyrics on a piece of paper can stand up you know get up on a mic and, and recite that to a beat that's a rapper okay there are lots of rappers lots of rappers i mean infinite number of rappers everybody everybody's a rapper okay we get to the mc there's levels to an mc you got the mc the letter m the letter c moves the crowd massive ceremony and you guys define that perfectly and then you have the MC, you know what I mean? That's E-M dash capital C, capital E, capital E. There's a difference between the MC and the MC. The MC is the elite, you know what I mean? Peerless, he's a virtuoso. You know, somebody who, who doesn't need a beat. Somebody who can walk into right. a room and they have an aura about them. You know what I'm saying? Now, one, right. thing, one thing that I can tell you is I hate lists. Top 10 lists, top 100 lists, top five, top three, I can't stand lists. Because they're, right, right, right. they're subjective. But I can give you an example of an MC. There's a Nas. You know what I'm saying? There's a Jay-Z. There's a Rock Kim. There's a KRS. I can name you 100 MCs, but I can name you 10 MCs. You feel me? You understand the difference between the two? I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about those guys that just peerless, the virtuosos of this game, you know what I mean, that, that provide the standard for what this thing is about. A rapper is not going to give you the standard. A rapper's come and go. Some of the MCs exactly. come and go, you know what I mean? But MCs, they're here to stay. They're here to stay forever. That's why, we, that's why we bump them. That's why there's no time limit to how long they stay relevant. You know what I mean? Like, I can sit here, I can throw on an Eric B and Rakim joint, and it's timeless. MCs are no time doubt. They're timeless. 
they're timeless. There is no era. There is no old school. There is no new school. MCs are timeless. Illmatic is timeless. Reasonable doubt, timeless. You feel me? Criminal minded, timeless. Now, you remember the whole East Coast, West Coast bullshit that happened. When was it? 93, 94? Okay. Right, right, right. When did Ron Pays come out? What year? 87. Ron Pays? Yeah. Well, well, it was a, was it a single and it came out in like 85, 86? And then the album came out? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking. I mean, the album itself was released 87, like, like this. Right, right. right. But, I, but I think Ryan pa- Six in the Morning was definitely out before Ryan Pace. Okay. Because I heard Six in the Morning before I went out west. Okay. Um, and I think the two that I had heard was, I think the other one was Ryan Pace. Gotcha. Um, but Six in the Morning stuck with me more than Ryan Pace for obvious reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, so I definitely think they came out before the album. Okay. Ice T definitely falls into the OG category, correct? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now, we get into it in much more detail later on in the review, but, um, you know, Africa Islam was the producer of Ron Page, that album, from New York City, which brings to light a very interesting question. How much would you guys say that the whole East Coast, West Coast beef, or whatever you want to call it, it happened not six years later, was complete and total nonsense and bullshit? 100%. That actually was a beef between a group of individuals on each side that they turned into a country mm-hmm. of youth at each other's throats. And I mean, it just didn't it just didn't spread from just, all right, well, you know, this is, you know, bad boy against uh, death row or, you know, this against that. It turned the West Coast against the East Coast. And Midwest had to pick and choose their sides, and the South was just standing there alone by themselves. Like, look, we ain't got nothing to do with that. That's between y'all. And it became somewhat like New York against California or the whole West Coast itself. So I think it was just 100% bull. And it, we lost two great lives over 100%, 100% crap. I no agree. doubt. No I doubt. Yeah. Now, check this out. It's so funny how life just throws these ironic situations at you. Last night, you know, the BET Awards aired. Um, So therefore, right, right. But just hear me out for a second. The BET Awards aired. So back in 93, during that uh, East Coast, West Coast situation, the Source Awards. Y'all remember what happened at the Source Awards that year? Oh, yeah. Sure got up there and showed okay. his ass. Sure got up there, right? Yeah. And remember Snoop got up there? Yeah. You know, East Coast ain't got love, you know what I mean? Right. So that was that bad boy thing, right? How about last night, you know, you talking about going full circle. Snoop was introducing Puffy and calling him, you know, one of the baddest rappers ever to come out of, you know, just straight accolades, 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 accolades. Right. And back then, 94, you know what I mean? They're going at each other's necks for right. real it's just so it's just so amazing to me how easily one can be influenced oh right? my goodness right it's just so easy it's just amazing to me man and then you have you know again rewind back to 87 with ron pays you know ice t which is you know a, 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 a true pioneer in the rap game using all new york city production you know and representing the east coast on this staple of, of the West Coast hip-hop scene. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. And uh, yeah, we definitely get it in in the review. I can't wait to get it started with you and Depp. You're listening to The Light Podcast, and as always, you can reach us on Twitter at The Light Podcast. How can they get at you, fellas? Oh, yeah, Twitter is uh, John 
the letter L as in Lee, letter S as in Sam, letter I as in India, letter V as in victory. John L S I V Instagram is John L S I V as well. Get at me. Uh, we got some t-shirt giveaways coming. So uh, definitely stay on the lookout for that on the Facebook page. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at John, the letter L. Last name is Smithson, S-M-I-T-H-S-O-N. That's John, the letter L, Smithson. So uh, get at me for uh, the trivia questions to uh, get some free T-shirts. Yeah, you can uh, reach me at Hostile Comedy on Twitter. You could reach me at uh, Hostile the Comedian on Facebook or look for me all over Detron the Comedian on Instagram. Or just Detron Edwards all over the place. Just look me up. If you see me on the street, put a dollar in my hand. Uh, we can get uh, Jay Lee's card hot. All right, so just check me out. Uh, still got a few shows. I'm actually working this weekend at my own class reunion. Uh, the 17th at the Iron Bar doing jokes. Uh, and November 29th, 2015, I will be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey, roasting the godmother of comedy, Tina Graham, along with talent, uh, you know, a few others, Sleepy Floyd, a whole bunch of others in the uh, in the comedy business. So come on out, enjoy it, and uh, get your laugh on. Make sure you come out and uh, check that out. But John, you mentioned some t-shirts. What's up with that? I mean, how do, how do I get a t-shirt? I don't have one. Well, listen, man, you know, you're going to have to uh, check out the Facebook page over the next couple days. In order to find out more information, and I don't think you can win one, Scott. You're a little bit too close to the situation. I think you may. <laughs> I think you, you know, because you come hard with that trivia. So I don't want you writing a question and having the answer. That's a little insider trading, like uh, FanDuel and those guys. You know, we don't want none of that over here. I got you. I got you. That's what's up. All right. Up next, a little knowledge for your brains with Detron. So keep it tuned. As always, we try and leave you with a little history to let you think about stuff. I'm a history buff, so I always want to leave people with a little black history, a little hip-hop history, and uh, a positive quote. So today, October 15th, we go back to a decision by the U.S. Supreme Court that declared the Civil Rights Act, the Act of 1875, to be unconstitutional. Now, I put that out there to tell you that the Supreme Court decided that. But it's something that definitely should be uh, researched and looked up. Sometimes it was called the Enforcement Act or the Force Act. It was the United States federal law enacted during the Reconstruction era to guarantee African-Americans equal treatment in public accommodations, public transportation, and prohibited exclusion from jury services. Now, this was something enacted in 1875 and the Supreme Court in 1883 declared it unconstitutional. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. But uh, that's the uh, world we were living in at the time. And the one thing I like to say is just do your history, research things, and understand that uh, not everything was good for us in the past, not everything was a uh, negative, but if you look into your history and understand how far we come, you wouldn't look at another brother or sister and say, hey, 
you're the n-word you're a coon you're a buffoon you're this and you're that and you sit up there and look at them like you're my brother and my sister so that being said let's move forward to today in hip-hop history actually it was this week in hip-hop history az released his debut album do or die october 10th 1995 i appreciated this album because this right here one track on here particularly with a firm just destroyed it to me they they really let you know who they were on this album and foxy really murdered this uh but she built on <laughs> on the drug game pretty much she destroyed it on this album so this day in history or this week in history uh october 10th 1995 az the rapper uh debuted his album do or die now on to our positive quote I'd like to say, I'm thankful for all those who said no to me. It's because of them, I'm doing it myself. Keep that thought in your head. Because people say no to you, it's not a negative thing. It forces you to take another avenue, another road, or as a friend of mine uh, told me one time, Tina Graham, we were talking, and she said, if somebody doesn't give you a door or open a door for you, make your own door. All right, and that's your positive quote of the day. This is Detron Edwards. Peace. This is Ice T. Get to the point. Ice, what do you think about this year not being so hard? Maybe if you would dance or something. Uh, we were also thinking about uh, maybe changing your haircut. Maybe a little glitter in your wardrobe. You know, spice it up. Ten years ago, I used to listen to rapper flow, talking about the way they rock the mic at the disco. I liked how that stuff was going down. Dreamt about ripping the mic with my own sound. So I tried to write rhymes something like them. My boy said, that ain't you, Ice. That stuff sounds like them. So I sat back, thought up a new track. Didn't fantasize, kicked the pure facts. All the suckers got scared because they was unprepared. Who would tell it how it really was? Who dared? A young brother from the West Coast, L.A. South Central, fool, where the Crips and the Bloods play. When I wrote about parties, it didn't fit. Yeah, that's it. All right, fellas, here we go, man. This is this is the album I think that you know we've kind of been waiting for. This is Ice T's debut album, Rhyme Pays, released in 19 what was it, 87, 86? What was it, John? 1987. 1987. So right around the same time that PE's, you know, Yogo Rush Show came out. So I want to kick this off a little different than we did in the last album. I want to kick this off with a question, Ice T. Where does he fit with respect to, because back then in 87, there was no concept of East Coast, West Coast, this and that. But where does Ice-T fit with regard to West Coast hip-hop? In my opinion, um, I honestly think that without Ice-T, you don't, you don't have the West Coast explosion like we experienced in the uh, early to uh, mid-90s. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, Ice-T got his break. You know, a, a lot of hip-hop artists basically their their whole start their whole you know happening was you know the whole new york route you know battling on the streets right. doing you know doing that whole thing from that perspective going that underground route and then they blow up mm -hmm. you think about ice t man he was in uh breaking one and breaking two and that's how he blew up right so from from breaking two and which you know le released in 84 that's when he got his break mm -hmm. and then he was able to get into the studio because he was already a rapper mm -hmm. you know what i mean he was already doing hip-hop 
you know what I mean? And he had his band with him. So they would go around, you know, and doing shows. And a lot of, you know, the East Coast version of hip hop at that time was the DJ and the hip hop artist. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Rocking the mic. Mm -hmm. But the West Coast version of that was a live band. And the hip hop artists. Mm, interesting. So do you think you think you know Ice T? Ice T influence and probably was and most definitely was the precursor for hip hop bands like the Roots, right? That they, they made exactly. It. Yeah. All right. So listen, I'm gonna tell you a story, a small story. And um, I was born and raised in Morristown, New Jersey. All right. My mom and dad, they split up. They got divorced. And my mother, she moved us out to Summit, Summit, New Jersey, which is about 30 minutes away from Morristown. So I'm like in the fifth grade, something like that. So this is 1985, 85, 86. And so Breaking 2 had already came out. You know, you know, say what you want about Breaking 2, but um, everybody knew who Ice-T was. He was that dude at the end, you know what I'm saying, during that fundraiser, he jumped on stage, just like you said, John, he had a little part at the end of Breaking 2. So everybody kind of knew who Ice-T was. But I remember, you know, I started making friends or whatever like that in Summit. And one of my friends that I made, his name was Darnell. And, um, he said, hey, you know, Ice-T is my cousin. I said, you know, get out of here. Ice-T's your cousin. Come on. And he's like, no, nah, I'm serious. Ice-T's from Summit. I was like, no, he's from Los Angeles. Nah, he's from Summit. He's from Summit. And so that was like the thing between me and him, you know, for like a you know, couple of years. Ice-T's from Summit. Ice-T's from Summit. Nah, he's not. And you listen to this album, the intro, right? The very, very first track to the intro. The very first thing he says is, a child was born in the East one day. You know what I'm saying? And then I started I got you. And, then I got I, you. and then I started talking to a few other friends and everything like that. And come to find out, Ice-T was born in Newark, which is about maybe 10, 15 minutes away from Summit. And then if Ice-T didn't move to Summit at some point in his childhood and actually go to school um, very close to where I was from in Summit. So that was true. Ice-T spent some time in Summit, New Jersey, and then, you know, his parents passed away or something like that, and then he moved out to L.A. So Ice-T definitely has that East Coast connection. And then you start digging into Ron Pace, and you start, you know, researching who's involved with this album. You know, if we do this backwards and start looking at who's involved from the production standpoint, African Islam is all over this thing. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? African Islam was the DJ for Rock Steady. You know what I mean? So you talking, you. you talking New York City, Zulu Nation, yo, this all is, that. Yeah, this is this is major right here. I mean, this is Ice no T. Ice T. Everything we know about Ice T is West Coast, West Coast gangsters, you know, gangster rap and all that. Ron Pays is straight up East Coast influence, East Coast flavor. This is African Islam, Ice T, and New York is all over this album. Well, you got to remember. You know, and not that you have forgotten, I'm mm -hmm. speaking more towards the listener, right. that hip-hop came up out of New York. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely going to give that reach back to New York right. simply because at this time, he's trying to, you know, this is his intro mm -hmm. to his debut album. Right. So it's kind of like the whole sex sales situation. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what he's doing here is he's giving homage back to New York because he knows if he mentions New York, not so much because he's from there, but that's where the hip-hop scene is from, that more people are going to buy into what he's saying. More people are going to take him as being authentic mm -hmm. because he's showing them love on the East Coast first. Right. 
I mean, Ice was like a pioneer of this. I mean, he was like the first one coming out of L.A., right? Yeah, right? yeah, pretty, yeah, he was pretty like much. The first one. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, and let's just back up on something. He was the first one to get national exposure mm -hmm. from the West Coast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because, mm -hmm. you know, at that time, you figure in the 80s, you had, you did have West Coast rap. It just wasn't national. Mm -hmm. The only, the only hip hop you had that was national at that time was hip-hop that was coming out of New York. Mm -hmm. Since, you know, don't forget, I like to say that hip-hop started in 77, you know what I mean? But it really, you know, when you, with the release of Rappers of Light, which didn't happen until, you know, 79. Mm -hmm. But, so you figure to 87, we're eight years into hip-hop. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Eight, nine years into hip-hop. So, therefore, there was that big gulf, that big divide of you know just how just how the united states is set up where you had the east coast and west coast so there nobody on the east coast was really checking for anybody on the west and everybody on the west coast was listening to people on the east right so they were just doing their own thing out there mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying I, I remember one time when i was and this is you know much 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 later but in late 98 99 i was traveling out to the west coast to san diego actually for business and it, was, it happened to be on 420, and I'm sure I don't have to explain to people what 420 is other than the fact that it's April 20th. <laughs> and I'm at this club in San Diego, and there was this brass band, I mean, total brass band, I mean, right. eight-piece, ten-piece brass band, trumpets, tr uh, you know, trumpets, trombones, the whole brass band with two cats out front, two Spanish cats out front doing hip-hop. Hmm. I still haven't seen that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I care. I bought their CD just because it was so unique. And they're at this little club kicking it. The club was packed. And I'm, you know, I see the brass band when I walk in the club and they're doing their little warm-up session. But then when when they put the rap dudes out front on it, I was like, damn, this is something totally different. And this was in 98, 99. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way West Coast rap started back in the late 80s, mm -hmm. where everybody that was checking for it was like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool and it's kind of different. And it wasn't until ICE exploded with Ryan Pace that the industry, not just, you know, you know, cat on the street who, a hey, dude up the block can rap, but then the industry started checking for the West Coast. You know, and again, don't forget, ICE got his, ICE got his music break from his movies. Yeah. Because wasn't nobody checking for West Coast rappers as far as the industry. You figure all the record labels that were doing hip hop were based out of New York. You know, so it wasn't nobody. There was no A&R guy flying out to freaking California, going through the hood, listening for hip-hop artists. That just wasn't happening. Yeah. yeah you know, nah. rap at that time wasn't as commercial. Hip-hop at that time wasn't as commercial as it is now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and some, of the, some, of, some of our younger listeners, they, I don't think that they realize that. My niece one time went to school. <laughs> And was uh, talking to her teacher about, you know, she said, uh, we got the new phone at home. Mm. And this was, you know, this is early 90s. And her teacher said, the new phone? She goes, yeah, the one you put your finger in and you turn the number all the way around. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and, damn. And, and, and the teacher shared that with us because she found it funny. She goes, this woman, this, this little girl don't even know what a rotary phone is. <laughs> you know, because at that time, everybody had touchtone phones. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Rotary phones. So when she saw a rotary phone, it was new to her, even though it was old. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's the same thing with, with this rap situation. Whereas 
you have this rap thing that's, you know, that's in New York. Nobody mm -hmm. knows what to do with it. The market segment, everybody thinks it's a gimmick. Market segment is so small. The only thing that came out of it really at that time was Run DMC and LL. Let's just be honest. I mean, to the hip-hop purists, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm saying on a national level. Mm -hmm. I'm saying on a national marketing type level. Right. You had Run DMC, LL, Curtis Blow. Grandmaster Flash, you know, all the other crews, you know, the Africa Bimbadas, all the other kind of like underground crews were still underground. And you had people who were really into hip-hop who knew who they were. But as far as on a national scene, as far as on a marketing scene, as far as on a business perspective, mm -hmm. hip-hop wasn't doing anything. It was that little thing over there in the corner. Yeah, we'll throw a little money at it. You know, we're making a little money on it. Right. But then once Ice came along and he brought that West Coast tsunami that, I mean, you think about it from about 88 to about 94, 93, you had so many West Coast rappers come out. It was crazy. Right. It, was, it, was, it was like he just let the floodgates open. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you started getting that whole dichotomy between the East Coast and West Coast and then rap or hip hop, excuse me, eventually moved down south, you know, started in Texas and then moved to, you know, Atlanta, so on and so forth, then went to Florida. As far as, again, on a national scale, where, where everybody was talking about a specific artist from a specific region. Right. Of course, you want to have those, you know, regional legends, you know what I'm saying, who still don't get no airplay. But as far as on a national scale, Ice was the first one from the West Coast to do it. So this is for you and Debt. When did you get this album? How were you and when were you exposed to this album right here, Ron Pace? I got it in 88 when I was out in California. Um, I didn't have the whole album. I had heard Six in the Morning, mm -hmm. and I had that on mixtape. Mm -hmm. And that was basically it. Mine pretty much was, I say, hmm, I knew of him mm -hmm. from uh, movies uh, Breaking, Breaking 2, uh, Rapping. Uh, I think New Jack City was uh, 91. Right. So I, I remember... Uh, New Jack, after New Jack City, I was like, I really need to go back and uh, research this, too. Because I remember him breaking. I wasn't too big on his rapping because I was so stuck in that East Coast mind frame. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, ah, this is kind of corny. And breaking itself kind of, you know, when you're going up against Beach Street and you got breaking out there, to me, one couldn't compare to the other. Mm -hmm. It's because, I guess, because I was from East Coast. But... Also, as I go back and look now, it still kind of was, well, both of them are corny. <laughs> it's just that it, it associated itself to our lifestyle at the time. So I looked at uh, Ice-T's, uh, I looked at his albums in about, yeah, I think I think it was after New Jack City around when he did Ricochet. Because mm -hmm. in Ricochet to me, he was, you know, Odessa. He was cool to me. I was like, yo, Odessa's serious. Like, right. <laughs> yo, Odessa. He was in there with uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah, that was a crazy movie. Damn, I forgot that about was that movie. Odessa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, especially when, you know, because it, it made me realize one thing. Sometimes when they sit up there and say, you know, you got to leave things behind or leave friends in the past, look at what happened. Ode Odessa still had, he was from the streets, he was whatever, but he still had. Denzel's back and they grew up as friends yeah. and sometimes you gotta you can't forget where you came from so Denzel had to go back there so after looking at that I was like you know what let me check this dude out 
And I think that was in 91. So that's around the time I went back to listen to his album. And I was like, all right, this, this, this kid is serious. Mm-hmm. And then it further made me want to get into it and delve into who he was after his beef with LL. And I was like, oh, man. I said, I need to research and find out what's really up with this dude. <laughs> like, what's going on? Right. And, you know, it's, the good thing I can say about that is the beef stayed on wax. It's not like these kids nowadays that are out here fighting each other because you said this, you said that on wax, or I thought it was about me. That was a subliminal blow or something like that. Killing me. It, it stayed on wax. But, you know, out of all the battles LL had, I think that that was a good one. And I like Ice-T's one statement when he said, you know, he said, they said yeah, people still asking about me and the L, yo, we squashed that stuff between me and him about a year ago. But there's a new rule starting tonight. Diss me on a record. See me fight. I was like, that's a tough statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's letting somebody know ahead of time. Listen, I let that slide with him. Don't think the rest of y'all going to get it off. Mm-hmm. But at right, I think right around ninety one, man. That's right. that's around the time when I checked that dude out. Cool. I'll tell you how I, how I got my. I actually bought this tape, and I was maybe sixth, seventh grade, something like that. And then, you'll appreciate this story, man. So John, back back where me and Dead are from, there was this um, hair care product store called Brooms, right? And okay. It, and in the back, there was a barber shop in the back, and you go to get your hair cut and whatnot. And he, you know what I'm saying, it was like a family-owned store, right? And they would sell, like, combs, brushes, wigs, you know, hair grease, things like that. But in the front, he had bins. Oh, oh you got you to gotta say the one other thing. They had their own sales tax, John. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get they the hamburger out here. Much more expensive in that store than anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. had the bodega tax. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm serious, exactly. man. You could, you could buy something in there. The album could be... Six ninety nine or three ninety nine to Sam Goody or something like that. Right. You go in the brooms, it's thirteen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Come on, man. That's true. But Mr. Broom, <laughs> Mr. Broom knew everybody. He knew everybody, and he and he uh, knew your parents too. You know what I mean? So you come in there, and the big thing on Mr. Broom was, you know what I mean? If you didn't have any money, you was wasting his time. You see what I mean? And so he would say, "What you guys doing in here?" Blah blah blah. So anyway, I'm walking around. And Mr. Broom and his wife, you know, they're real church-going people. You know what I'm saying? Real church-going people. And I remember I was looking through his bin, me, me and my uh, little brother, Sean, right? And we was looking in the, in the, in the, in the uh, bin of albums in the front. And I pulled out this cassette, Ice-T, Ron Pays. And y'all remember the cover for Ron Pays, right? You remember the cover? Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Hey. Listen, I... Hey. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I was in love with that shorty right there. I'm talking... Like, I was trying to, like, find a way to find her. <laughs> That's how much I was in love Stupid, with that girl yeah. right there. I mean, I was seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. But you got to remember, we were, you know, outside of my father's Ohio Players albums, you, you, we didn't see nothing like that. I mean. No doubt. Two no live, doubt. You know what I'm saying? Two Live Crew didn't, didn't really hit yet. That girl, to me, was everything. I bought the album on the strength of the cover. So I put Listen, the. Listen, I. Go ahead. No, go, go, go. Sorry. Nah, I was going to say, I, I, I got the tape and I put it up on the counter. Mr. Broom looked at the tape. He looked at me. He was like, well, what you doing with this tape? <laughs> 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 what you doing with this tape? You know, I, don't forget, I know your mother. I know your father. So I paid, I think it was like $4.99 or something like that. It was cheap. It was like $5 for the tape. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Now, I had a chick that I was uh, dealing with, 
And I used to listen to it so much. I don't even, to this day, I still don't know where she got it from. But she got a poster mm. of the Ryan Pays oh, album cover. Goodness. Yeah. Goodness. And listen, so I'm in the Marine Corps up in Bremerton, Washington, right? Mm. And, you know, I had this poster of Ryan Pays on my wall. Mm. So every week or every two weeks, we used to have this thing called field day. Right, and that's you know when you everybody got to clean their room, and then it gets inspected. It's not like a serious inspection, but it's to keep down, you know what I mean, people from being living nasty. Basically, mm -hmm. is what it is. Mm -hmm. So everybody, you take your beds out, you do everything. I mean, you literally strip your room down and nothing but the floors and the walls. You clean everything, put everything back in, and so on and so forth. Right. Right. So field day comes. I got this hanging up on my wall. Clean the room, got the music bumping, you know, no one has a problem with the music. We're all in the Marine Corps, you know. They come through and inspect my room. <laughs> They're like, yeah, your room is good to go, but that poster got to go. We can't have any nudity. Now, think about it. Now, this is in 88. Right. They said we can't have any nudity on the walls. Think about now. Would this be considered nudity? No. This album cup? This is very tame. Not at all. Very tame. This is very tame. So when they yeah. came in talking about, and even like some of the cats I was in the Marine Corps with, you know, they were like, oh, man, they're going to make you take that down. It was kind of, you know, I have a problem with authority. Always have. I hope I always don't. But mm -hmm. um, I still do. <laughs> I still do. So, but anyway. Uh, so they were all, you know, all my boys were like, yo, they're going to make you take that down. I'm like, nah, they ain't. Nah, nah. Watch, 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 watch. Sure enough, came through. You got to take that poster down. They were like the jet beauties to me because right. he always has some fly chick on him. The jet beauties. Woo, we got to talk about that. The jet show. beauties. Mm. <laughs> I plastered a whole wall with jet beauties. My mom came up and threw all that out. So I really have a lot to say about the intro to Ron Page. This was probably the most ominous intro I think I've ever heard. On oh, any, yeah. On any LP. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Just just ominous. I'm, I'm going to go right to the middle, right to the middle where he said, but no matter the job or crime, he never lost his hardcore obsession to rhyme. New York's hip-hop movement broke loose. DJ, DJ's cut records, raps had the juice. Since busting rhymes was his natural thing, he was crowned. The West Coast MC King. There it is. Hey, Ice T was just—I don't even know what to say, man. Well, I mean, you know, you, I think we said it all with the, you know, what we just went through to build up to doing. You know, I enjoy doing this exercise mm -hmm. of reviewing these particular LPs, especially from you know when we were younger. Yeah. And the, and the reason being is because it takes me back. You know what I mean? It's just so reminiscent right. of what was going on back then. But at the same time, you know, people always want to do one thing in life, right? Mm -hmm. You always want to go back in life. Everybody wants the time machine, right? Yeah. You know, if, if I knew then what I knew now type thing, right? We get the opportunity to do that from a musical perspective just by doing this retrospective of these albums that right. have already been released, right? Right. So... When I'm when I was listening to this, it actually brought up those questions that we just talked about in my head. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where does where does Ice T fit in the game? Where what about this? Is he a MC? Is he a rapper? You know what I mean? What is hip hop? What is rapping? Because I mean, that is the whole situation yeah. Yeah. that we're dealing with. And as you get older, you you become 
a little bit more expansive in your thought process. Right. So therefore, looking at this now, and then looking at it, and then remembering how I looked at it when I was a kid, mm -hmm. those two ideas are in strict clash with one another. Oh, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's everything. I mean, strict clash. It's you know? everything. It's everything, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, because to me, when Ron Pace came out, you know, or when I got it, rather, I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he's a pimp. Yeah, this. Yeah, that. So on and so forth. You know what I mean? And But now as I look back at it, I'm looking at it like, damn, dude was really, really preaching on here. He was. You know man. what I mean? I remember. And, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, and as we go through this, and I really want the listeners to really pay attention to as we go through this and, you know, put the album in the background as you're listening to this podcast mm -hmm. and check out the number of different styles oh. Ice-T wrapped in. When we break down, we start breaking down the influence that Ice-T had on not just the West Coast rap game, but the rap game in general. Ice-T is the definition of what an MC is. I remember playing this album and my mother telling me this was the most ignorant shit she's ever heard in her life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember her telling me that distinctly. And I think she said that about pretty much everything she heard coming out of my bedroom. You know what I mean? But again, like you were saying, John, with regard to the exercise, you start going back through and dissecting Ice-T's lyrics. It's not, though. You know what I mean? It's right. not, though. He's just right. telling you his reality. He's not, you know what I mean? He's not telling you this is the way you should be. He's telling you, when I opened up my eyes and I started living my life on a day-to-day -day basis, this is what I deal with. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But again, it's a cautionary tale, just like yep. the other albums that we've been reviewing, specifically, you know, the last one that we did, you know, P.E. It's a cautionary tale. He's not telling you to go do this. He's, 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 he's giving you knowledge. You know what I mean? So, right, right. I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about the intro. I don't want to, you know, take over the conversation. But, um... Oh, no, 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 no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I, yeah. it, like you said, Scott, I mean, it's just one of those things, man, that we, we get deeper and deeper and deeper as we go through this, you know what I mean, with, the, with each individual artist, and yeah. we get deeper on each artist as we go through their debut LPs. Right. Just because as you research it and as you go into it, it demands that. And Tracy, you know we got history. Oh, you know, no, no. People ain't been ain't been, you know, ain't been associated or grouped in my circle. It, you know, the comedian that I am, I tour and travel. I met this brother in Detroit. There was a convention. I'm not gonna say what the convention was out there going on that year. But I met him at a convention. Mm -hmm. And me and the, the girl I'm with, we're at the bar and you know, I look across the room, it's iced tea and his girl over there. I nod to him, like, what's up? He nodded back. And he pointed like, you funny, man, you funny. I was like, thank you, man. And I got up from the bar, went to the bathroom. I come back, and uh, his girl's over there talking to my girl. So I'm like, ah, I go over to talk to him. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? I was everything. We talk, kick it for a minute. I go back over to the bar. I look across the room. His girl's putting her jacket on. I was like, oh, I guess they leaving. We ain't going to catch up with them for drinks and nothing like that. And then her girl, his girl looked over at my girl and nodded her head. I looked at my girl like, what the heck is this? You know, what the terror fabulous is going on? <laughs> she put her jacket on. And all of a sudden, Ice-T could have put his jacket on. Mm -hmm. I look back, all three of them walking out the door holding hands, 
with a plate to go of rice and neck bones. Oh, no. And he's singing Ron Isley songs. So you're <laughs> contagious. You're, I'm like, what the what is going on here? <laughs> so I couldn't run out, run right out after them because I had to pay for my drink with my card. He had cash. So I sat up there, I had them, you know, run my bill or whatever. I look at the bill, it's fifteen hundred dollars. I was like, we had two drinks. Next day I looked down, all his stuff is on my check. My girl sat there and said, yeah, we'll take care of that bill. Now, mind you, this dude just left out the door with her. So I signed for my, my, you know, my little slip, and I run out the door. I see them just starting to roll into the hotel. There's a couple doors down. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, hey. I start running. I slip on some ice, mm-hmm. and I had my keys in my back pocket. <laughs> and my keys, they, they set up there and poked me in my ass. <laughs> man, I got up. And I'm sitting up there like, what the, what the heck is going on? I, I felt like a fool. I'm running the doors in every part of that hotel trying to listen to see if I could hear her voice or Ice T's voice in there and try and find my girl. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. This dude sat up there, took my girl, a plate of rice and neck bones, and his girl, and left. Now, I know that they say, you know, as pimps, the game is supposed to be sold and not told, and you ain't supposed to be mad if a, if a dude knock your chick. Listen, man. Your chick shows me. Yeah, but she wasn't no hooker. She wasn't no prostitute. (laughs) You was wrong. Yo, Ice, man, you was wrong, dude. You was wrong. Come on, man. Don't pay back on that one, man. At least, you know, shoot, man. Send me another one to the side somewhere, man. Dag, man. You didn't even give me not one neck bone. I know they had at least six neck bones on that plate, man. You didn't give me not one. He's wrong, Ice. Listen, I don't even put it past him. As cold as it was in Detroit, that he might have spilled some water on the ground knowing I was going to run after them, and I had to slip. Mm. Now I'm sitting there. I'm people walking through the hallways looking at me funny because the back of my butt's bleeding down my pants. And people are like, what was you doing in the room? I'm oh. like, man, you mind your business. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> you're wrong, Iceman. You're wrong. Yeah, it doesn't. Pause. But you're wrong, Iceman. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. That, hey, man. that. <laughs> Just got to charge it to the game, yo. That's charge it to the game, man. John, I think, no, no, I, think that part, I think that got more credit than anybody as far as charging to the game. All these stories. <laughs> The worst part, man, she had to fly back with me on the plane, and she has to store this and move her seat oh, and talk. No. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> they put her in first class. I'm in coach. <laughs> I was oh, like, if she would, if she kept drinking, she's sipping champagne, looking back there around the curtain at me, smiling, and then turned back around. I was like, yeah, when we get off this plane, I, we were landing north. Girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Damn, that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that. See her back claim. She just disappeared somewhere in the airport. I was like, that's wrong. She probably had a backpack waiting and turned around on the flight and went back. Heifer. <laughs> Have you talked to her since? Nope. Never seen her again. Well, that's she good. So you're wrong. I, you're wrong. You broke a beautiful relationship over, over a plate of neck bones and a song and another chick. You're wrong, Ice. You're wrong. Not only did he break the relationship, he broke her. <laughs> Really? Damn! <laughs> he said that. He said that. Too soon. Too soon. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I have no regards for my feelings. That is wrong. Nah, that's not true. That we love you, man. Nah, man. We got. We got. That I, I told you, man. I got your back. Just don't make me test my chest to get it. But I got your back. <laughs>
next track, Ron Page. All right, let me, let me start off by saying this. Ron Page for me is Ice pretty much laying the framework for who and what he's all about. You know, and that this first verse to me, I mean, is just ridiculous. Magnificent Rama, I'm the ill beat designer. If they ask you if I'm deaf, don't front and say kinda. Merciless, meticulous, so fresh it's ridiculous. I'm raised in the heart of L O S A N G E L E S. Did you hear that last on, call? You know what I mean? When he spelled out Angelus. Think about how many rappers was doing that after Ice did that. DOC, Ice Cube, Snoop. No doubt. They were all, no they all did that. I mean, I think Ice influenced all of them. All of them took a page from Ice T, man. I definitely want to touch on the pack, on, on the beat. Mm -hmm. Because when you listen to this beat, it, it gives you that reminiscence of a live band. Because you hear a guitar in the background, you got that fast beat, you know, it's and you and you got the riffs, you got the you 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 can hear a little piano in there. I mean, you can you can hear so many different instruments that's in this track. Everybody wasn't doing that, you know what I mean. So from when it first comes on, you know what I mean. When you when you hear this and the tempo, it gets your heart pumping. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then that 808's kicking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're in you're in that car, man. And or you're in your room or what have you. This thing is banging. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Before you even get to the vocals. Yeah. And then you talk about how fast he raps. Right. You know what I mean? When you when you think of how many, if you were to just say, okay, you look at the you you look at the song, alright? And this individual song is what, about six, seven minutes long? Right. I mean, the whole running time of the album is, you know, it's 105 minutes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you know it's long as hell. Mm -hmm. And we already said there's only there's only 10 cuts on the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. But think about you it, You know though. what I mean? How many other rappers, especially nowadays... See, back then, that's when they had you had long albums and stuff like that. You could play an album for 30 minutes back in the days. Mm -hmm. Now, you get about 15 minutes to 16, maybe 18, 20 minutes tops out of every album out there. These brothers back then was doing it. They, you talking about spitting 16 bars. Nah, they were spitting more than 16. But nowadays, every rapper's like, oh, I got a hot 16 for you. Yeah. And, right. spit it, and it's, it's two minutes. Yeah, right, right. You know, right. that you had two minutes of my time, but you know these other brothers from back then, you know, they had long albums. I mean, you look at some of the uh, LL albums; those are 30, 45 minutes. Yep. Yeah, uh, Run DMC, no 30, 45 minutes. No. You look at all the albums from back then; those brothers sat up there and they put time in their, on the album. They didn't just sit up there and hit you with. All right, I'm going to do five minutes here, then you do five minutes, and then the hook's in there together. Okay, we got uh, we got to edit some of it out. Okay, by the end of it, you're looking at, oh, it's a four-minute song. That's why I, nowadays I don't get along with some of this uh, this, this new-age hip-hop, because nowadays you got nothing but hooks. That's all it is. They, they put two minutes worth of lyrics here, a minute worth here, and a hook all through the rest of it, and they sell it as a song. That's not music to me. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, this 
this album here just went hard for like 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 John said went hard for a hundred. How many minutes, John? 100, 105 minutes. Went hard for hundred and five minutes, man. Ten tracks. Hundred and five minutes. Ten, Ten tracks. <laughs> and just think about this track right here. Mm-hmm. It has how many verses? Six. Six. Six verses. Just ice. You understand what I'm saying? Just ice. Just ice. There's nobody. There's the, yeah. It's just him and Evil E. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I and, and I love the way he he rounds out verse three because again thinking about that social economic climate at the time, mm-hmm. everybody was angry in the '80s with Reagan. Sure. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There. The, you you had very few people who were happy with Reagan. Mm-hmm. The top 10% in the country loved Reagan. Mm-hmm. Everybody else couldn't stand his ass. You know, and even Ice says, I try to edit what I'm rapping about, but I can't write polite. My anger just jumps out. Perpetrators in the business claim they hard as hell, talking that gangster shit, knowing they soft as gel. Mm. And then, so he says gel, right? Mm-hmm. And then he starts the, 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 the next stanza with, oh, <laughs> I better chill out before I ill out and my negative potential just might spill out mm-hmm. and this record won't be getting played. I'll <laughs> save that rap for another day. Yeah. So he's telling you right there that he understands that, first of all, he's putting you on notice. I got a lot of shit to say. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language. Mm-hmm. I got a lot to say. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because things right now are bad. You know what I mean? Again, 1987, you know what I mean? Things are not good if you're a black dude. You know what I'm saying? Period. So just got out of the Army. Don't forget Ice-T did time in the Army. Mm-hmm. You know, got an honorable discharge. Hit the streets real real quick. You know what I mean? Started pimping, started, you know, stealing car stereos, doing his little street hustle game. Finding out that that's not working. You know what I mean? Got it, got it, got a break. Ended up in the uh, breaking movies, you know? And now he's on wax. Now, there is a unique semblance to all these artists. All of them, with, or I'm not going to say all, because anytime you use the word all, you're automatically incorrect. Mm-hmm. A lot of the artists tried different things before they did hip-hop. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially back in that time. Because making rap albums, making hip-hop albums, it w- you had a couple cats who were making money and everybody else was starving, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You look at Grandmaster Flash, You know, back in the 80s, the only artists that were making money were LL Cool J, Run DMC, Curtis Blow, and I don't know who else was making money back in the rap game back then. And Run DMC was making their money from... The Adidas and that sort of stuff. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't getting huge dollars because you remember a hip hop show back then. You know, like like the Fresh Festivals and all those sorts of things. You had eight acts. You know what I mean? I remember in the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, Fresh Fresh Fest '86, '87. We had Run DMC. We had LL. We had the Fat Boys. I mean, there were like five or six acts that came through. Mm-hmm. And that place wasn't sold out. So you figure at $18, $19 a ticket, each group, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, might have walked away that night with $30,000, maybe, before taxes. And then you got to whack it up a couple different ways. You know what I mean? So nobody was making any money really in the hip-hop game back when Ryan Pays came out. So for Ice to put that on his, you know, for him to put that on his album cover, that Ryan Pays, that was one of the first things that I noticed, like, really, he's making money off this? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's telling you that I got to chill out 
before my negative potential just might spill out. Because if I put this negative record out, ain't nobody going to listen to it. If I just talk about this, that, and the third, what's, what's going on here in L.A. right now with this crack epidemic, ain't nobody going to be checking for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, so I, so I got I, I to gotta tone. There's, there's, there's that, you know, I, I always look for those connections between artists and between LPs. And there's that reasonable doubt connection. You know, Jay-Z, you know, there's, there's that, not saying Jay-Z borrowed from Ice, but he knew that, you know what I mean, you can only put so much damage or you can only put so much fierceness into one LP, especially your debut. Right. You, you, you got to get the listeners first before you start chastising the industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Ice tried to chastise the industry a little bit. You know what I mean? He's talking, you know, earlier on. You know what I mean? In uh, verse one, I don't like Gucci, Feli, Louie, or Fendi. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll just be honest. I don't know who was rocking Fendi back in 87. So who's he talking that about? That was right so there? far. Yeah. I don't know who he's talking about with the Fendi, but the Gucci, everybody was trying to rock Gucci. Everybody was rocking Fila. Yeah. But the Louis Vuitton and the Fendi? I think what he was saying. I, I here, didn't know about it. I think what he was saying here, though, was that, you know, he's standing out on his own. He's not following trends. You know, Ice... I'm going to be iced tea. You know, you guys can do your thing. I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to do my own thing and, and still make it happen. No doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, but at, but, at, but at the same time, he says that, you know, that he's not being trendy. But then right at the end of that little stanza, what does he say? Ice got the beef and this ain't Wendy's. <laughs> and what was the commercial out of that time? Who got the beef? Wendy's the, got the beef. Yeah, where's the beef? <laughs> right, right. The where's yeah. the beef, the old lady, right? Yeah. Where's the beef? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that commercial because yeah. Wendy's was my favorite fast food joint. Still is. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, so, you know, even though he's not, he's not with the trends, but I'm going to, uh, I know I got to pull you in with this trendy talk. A little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was talking about that where's the beef commercial and that old lady, you know, picking up her glasses, talking about where's the beef. Love that commercial, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it, it just shows you, man, that unique tap dance that a lot of cats had to do back then. Because, again, like we keep saying, this is an art form. So these guys are artists. Right. And when you put an artist in a box during this phase, most of the artists, the hip-hop artists that were out back then, with, with the exception of a couple, were in a box. You know what I mean? They were in this tight box. You got to say this. You, you, you know what I mean? You kind of got to do this. You got to kind of appeal to this crowd. You know, everybody was checking for the break dancers and the graffiti artists, so you got to appeal to them. So you got to have something in there for that. Ice didn't really do that. No. You know what I mean? And a lot of the cats that we've been discussing, they really didn't do that. They, P.E. didn't make any song on his... Yo bum rusted show joint that you can break dance to. Not one. <laughs> and break dancing was huge back then. Right. You know what I mean? Ice don't have any break dancing tracks on his joint. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Even though he started in break dancing movies. Mm-hmm. Nah, this is straight up, you know, you know, you know put it in your caddy, drive five miles an hour with the windows down. That's what this is right here. Burn it out. Mm-hmm. Burn it out. Mm-hmm. See, but you know what? Like, his people, when you break this stuff down, people actually look at his lyrics. Because that was the thing. People listen to certain songs, and if the hook wasn't good back mm-hmm. then or the beat didn't go on, you really didn't pay attention to the lyrics, or you just listened to the lyrics and not the, the music. Mm-hmm. 
he had good music with this. And then you also look at uh, his lyrics were like real deep. Right. Like there's uh, I, let's go with uh, two lines in verse three. Okay. And he said it there. He says, you know, he said the uh, I'm notorious. I'm infamous. Like a snake, I'm venomous. For those who may diss, I think you should consider this. I can make a rhyme com- complicated as a puzzle, dangerous as a v- dangerous and violent, as violent as a pit bull in a muzzle. But this record is for the radio, not to be banned or for some underground mix show. My heart's in my pen every time I begin. Sometimes my lyrics go crazy, and I can't control them, my friend. Mm-hmm. That lets you know that Woo! one part when he says, my heart's in my pen mm-hmm. every time I begin. Mm-hmm. That right there is what I was talking about before. It's right, you got to right. feel it in your soul. You got to feel hip hop in your heart and your soul. It's it's you know it's a it's a culture. It's it's pretty much a way of life if you're into it. Right. So that right there lets you know. Listen, he spit everything from his heart, lungs, brain, soul into that pen every time he sat down and wrote something. Yeah, I agree with you. He's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm notorious mm-hmm. for whatever I do. I'm infamous in the streets. And I'm like a venomous snake. You cross me. Remember that. You cross me. I've right. already warned you. Yeah. So this dude, that dude was serious. Like, listen, listen to those lyrics. You don't have lyrics like that now. It seems like these lyrics weren't generic. No. They weren't like everybody else is nope. putting out now. Like, oh, I got, I got chains. I got girls. I got cars. I got, I got, you know, gold. I got money. I got this. I got that. Eh, whatever. You know, you got that. Everybody out there got it. As right. you're talking about, everybody got it, supposedly. Yeah. And... All your money going to your chains. All your money going to your entourage. All your money going to that hot car. But you still going back to live in the projects, or you got just a house next door to me, mm-hmm. and you living next door to me in a three four hundred thousand dollar house, dude. Hey, man, <laughs> you big time rapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what right, you doing? Right. Yeah, no, Ice T, Ice T had lyrics for days, for days. Oh my goodness. He told you. He told you during the intro he was a poet. That's what he said. That was the first right. thing he said. He said, "I'm a poet." You know, go back to the first verse that he said, King word connector, the vocal projector. Your girl tried to jock me. I had to reject her. Always adventurous voice. Some say is sensuous. Now I'm on the mic. So I think I better mention this. Come on. That's Ice T mm. right there, man. Straight up. And even, right there. and even how he has his stanzas. Mm-hmm. Or that, and I'm calling them stanzas because it's written like a poem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When, when when we look at the lyrics, you know, as they're written out from like Nas and from like Jay Z, mm-hmm. they were verses. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were, you know, they weren't broken up like stanzas from a poem. Ah, uh, good point. When you look at the way Ice breaks down his lyrics and how they're written out, they're written out like stanzas in a poem. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why each verse has about three or four stanzas. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, next verse, three or four stanzas. Then it goes, so on and so forth. You know what I mean? And if you look at how he balanced it out, once you get verse one, two, and three, four stanzas. Verses four through six, four, five, and six, they're all over the place. You know what I mean? They're, you know, verse verse four again, four stanzas. Verse five, you can say has three, arguably four stanzas. And then verse six, he just goes in hard mm-hmm. and hits with, you know, four big long stanzas. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it shows that 
he understands how to put a poem together. He understands how to write. Yeah. You understand what I mean? So now, does this put him in the MC category? Or does this put him in the rapper category? No. That's a conversation for another day. But when you look at how he put this thing down, and again, one of the things that ring true for a lot of the hip-hop artists that were out in the 80s and early 90s was their age. Mm -hmm. Again, Ice was like 25, 26, 27 years old. Yeah. When this drops, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He was, again, already did four years in the Army, 25th Infantry Unit. You know what I mean? I'm a Marine, but I'll give some shout-out to the Army for that. So when, so when you look at that, you're looking at a person who is able to speak upon a wide dearth of experiences. You know what I mean? Not just, I got out of high school, and here's what, you know what I mean? And, and here's where I am. You know what I mean? I sold drugs in the street, and here's where I am. Right. You know what I mean? He's talking about women. He's talking about the drug game. He's talking about the street game. He's talking about the stick-up game. He's talking about life mm -hmm. from a lot of different perspectives. You know what I mean? And as we go through Ryan Pays, we're going to see more of himself get revealed to us as we go through this thing. Because one of the other things I noticed about all the debut albums of a lot of the hip-hop artists who are timeless their first LP is long as hell. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's just like I said about Jay-Z, you know, the first three years of, uh, the, that he was in the game, all three of those albums, you can line them right up one after another, and it's just a big, long, run-on sentence. <laughs> but again, because he had a lot to say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He had been pinned up for so long and couldn't get his message out. Now he had an opportunity to get his message out, and boom. Same thing with Ice-T. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was pent up, you know... He's a poet. He's, He's a poet. he probably was a right. He, you know, his mom's Creole mm -hmm. from New Orleans, so so he has some of that musical roots in him. You know, what I mean, went to New York, grew up a little bit there, and then now he's out on the West Coast. Was in the military, and I'm telling you, from being in the military, you get exposed to a lot of different people, a lot of different music, a lot of different, you know, regional type stuff. You get exposed to, right? You know what I mean? And he was whereas yeah, he was yeah. Real, he was real clever too. I mean, his influence. I know I keep repeating this, man, but, you know, spell out my name. You go I-C-E-T. But right now it's right. time for Evil E to hit me. Come on. He, I think he was the first one. I said it before. He was the first one to do that whole spelling out thing. I mean, you go back to some of the other artists that was doing that after him. You know, what's my name? The D-O-double-G, right? The D-O-C. How many times you heard Dre say, right. you know, I'm the D-R-E? Ice was doing that first, man. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, think about it from this perspective. Mm -hmm. Because he was that first national blow-up from the West Coast, everybody wants to emulate success, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, everybody who was coming after Ice was like, okay, well, since he made it, I got to do a little bit of iced tea in my thing mm -hmm. so I can make it. You know what I mean? So people would say, oh, yeah, you got that, you know what I mean? So on and so forth. Because that's the way the music game works to people like us who are just consumers mm -hmm. you know what i mean when we hear it you know what i mean you're going to hear that from that familiarity you know oh ice did that oh now doc's on oh dre's on okay okay yeah 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 you know yeah i like that i like that and there you have it you know what i mean there you have it mm -hmm. you know and and ice even says it at the beginning of verse six man that he was doing it from a different perspective but he was still, because he's an older cat with that wisdom, telling the kids to get out of the streets. Mm. 
You know what I mean? He says, but when I say rampage, I mean in different ways. Yeah. Because rap gets a lot of kids out of the streets each day. Yeah. I like you know you, what I mean? I so, like that you yeah. put that up, man. That, that's one of my favorite parts of this song. Right there. I think, it, I, think, I think it gets glossed over when you talk about Ice and what he was trying to do with this. You know what I mean? You know, Ice-T cared. Say what you want about him. Ice cares about the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Six in the morning, police at my door. Fresh Shadita squeak across the bathroom floor. Out my back window, I'm making my escape. Didn't even get a chance to grab my old school tape. Mad with no music, but happy cause free. And the streets to a player is the place to be. Got a knot in my pocket, weighing at least a grand. Gold on my neck, my pistol's close in hand. I'm a self-made monster of the city streets. Next track. control the hard hip <laughs> 6 a.m. Now. Hold on, let me let me say this first before we get into this, man. Six in the morning has got to be the most gangster shit I have ever heard <laughs> in my whole damn life. Now let me say this. Now everybody says, all right, you know, Schooly D, he's the one that first did gangster rap and all that. I'm telling you, this right here. Can I say this? That this song right here was. Isolate the framework for what gangster rap was about with this track. No doubt. No doubt. I didn't have time to ask. <laughs> this cut right here, I got this, like I said, on the mixtape. And my mother knew this song. She knew the first verse. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you because, again, it was on the mixtape that I got. I can't remember if it was off uh, Whammo, the radio station in Pittsburgh. Mm. There was a DJ every Sunday. He used to do his mix called, uh, his name was Slide Jock. And he used to be, you're in the mix with Slide Jock on FM 106. Mm. So, you know, he used to bring some new music. And listen, I rewound the beginning of this joint because Ice didn't have his lyrics. There, there, there wasn't anywhere to get... The lyrics from you know what I'm saying so the only way you can write the lyrics is if you kept hitting pause and rewind pause and rewind pause and rewind pause and rewind so my boy Lee Smith we did that to this jam I can't tell you how many times just to get the first verse down you know what I mean and check out how when they put this album together they bring it in, and Scott, you said it. They bring it in with the ominous intro, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a beat. It was just it was just that music in the background, right? Mm -hmm. And then Ryan Pays come in, and that beat is kicking. It gets your heart rate pumping. You're jumping up and down. You know what I mean? But then he goes, fresh perm, laid back to his shoulders with the six in the morning beat. Just a simple beat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, just, just a simple beat, right? Yeah. And when he opens that joint up, man, let me tell you. When he, when he cracked the can on this one, man, when he said, I got a knot in my pocket weighing at least a grand. Weighing at least a grand. Let me help under, let me, let me, let me, let me just stop right there for one second. Again, when you hear street lingo mm -hmm. and you're a street person, that street lingo rings. Mm -hmm. Real hustlers getting real money on big levels never counted money. They will weigh the shit. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? $10,000 weighs a certain amount. Okay, $10,000 in fives weigh a certain amount. $10,000 in a hundred weigh a certain amount. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. So when he says, I got a knot in my pocket weighing at least a grand, that's telling you right there he knows the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, everything else is window dressing. Everything else is window dressing. But when he, but when he says that, weighing at least a grand, yeah. come on, man. 
gold on my neck, my pistol's close at hand. I'm a self-made monster of the city streets. Remotely controlled by the hard hip-hop beats. (laughs) Come on, man. Now, check out and let's break it down what he mean by Mm self-made. What is he saying about self-made? To me, to me, and again, it's all subjective, to me, that self-made thing comes from the fact that he didn't have to hit the streets. Mm-hmm. He wanted to hit the streets. The mm-hmm. streets were calling him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm self-made in these streets. I, you know what I mean? I, I, he had other avenues to, to make money, but he wanted to go in the streets, so I'm self-made. Self-made monster of these city streets. Woo! Yeah. I know what, though, man. When I hear 6 in the morning, when I listen to this, I hear dope, man. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? The no, way, no doubt, yeah. The way Ice delivered this, without 6 in the morning, there's no dope, man. Without nope. 6 in the morning, there's no easy. Without 6 in the morning, nope. there's no Ice Cube. Listen to this song right here, and then after this, listen to Dope Man. This is Ice Cube. The way Ice Cube raps, even to this day, that's, that's, that's Ice-T, man. That's Ice-T. The way Easy delivered Dope Man, that's Ice-T all the way. That's, all, that's, that's, no that, that's Ice-T all day long. Even the beat, Africa Islam. This song is dope. Dope Man came directly from this. This birthed it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, and it's, there was nothing that I could do to pull myself away from this joint. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Because each, each verse takes you deeper and deeper and deeper into the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this joint goes 10 verses deep. And, and just before we close this out, I really, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about for just, you know, a, a brief moment about the drug connection mm-hmm. that was going on in L.A. at this time. Okay. You know what I mean? Because don't, yeah. don't forget we had the Iran-Contra scandal going on, right? Ali, Ali North, right? Oh, yeah. Dark Shadows, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is where um, Danilo Blandon, you know what I mean, who was his... Was this Nicaraguan drug king mm-hmm. who was trafficking drugs throughout the United States? Was actually a CIA informant back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the real Rick Ross, mm-hmm. who was dealing drugs out in California, was getting his drugs directly from Blandon, mm-hmm. who was, in fact, a CIA operative mm-hmm. who was operating in the United States trafficking drugs with 100% impunity. So you think about that. You hear what Ice-T is saying, you know, the Batarams rolling in verse 4. He says, the Batarams rolling, rocks are the thing, life has no meaning, and money is king. So he's talking about that whole crack epidemic, that whole crack explosion that was Mm CIA-sponsored in the hood right there in California where he is. For sure. I really think to understand anyone, you have to first delve into their perspective. Mm Mm-hmm in their situation so then you can understand where they're coming from right oh for sure so if we break down right so if we break down the time and understand that at this time the cia and the fbi went to compton and had a meeting with the residents when have you ever known the cia to do that crap or the fbi to explain themselves because they knew they were caught so you figure you have all this going on and then you have this you know this artist who's taking all this social stuff in, and then when he pushes it out, it comes out in his album, Ryan Pays, especially on this track, Six in the Morning, mm-hmm. you know, because this is, this is probably one of the, the only tracks on the album that is laced with, that, with those dope lyrics. Mm-hmm. 
You understand what I'm saying? Talking about that street game, some, you know, to this degree as far as from the dope game. Right. You know, because he has, you know, somebody got to do it where he's talking about pimping and things of that nature. But from the dope game perspective, this gives it to you as far as what was going on out there in L.A. at this particular time. And if anybody ever wants to read a good book, any of our listeners, and, you know, I, we always try to talk about a lot of different things here other than just hip-hop. But check out the uh, book by Gary Webb called Dark Alliance. If you ever want to know the, the, the true history behind the crack, the crack epidemic in the United States, that book right there will definitely give you a lot of information to then go out and do some more research on. So definitely check that out. Yo, e, what you want to do now, man? Yo, Ice, whatever it is, it's just got to be funky. One, two, three. Make it funky. So the people can get down. Next track, Make It Funky. For me, this particular track, you start to see the West Coast sound influence. No doubt. But look at it though, Scott. Mm -hmm. If you count the intro, what are we, track four? Track four, track four. How many different styles has Ice already hit us with? Too many. Too you understand know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Too he hit us with the intro style. Mm -hmm. He hit us with the Ryan Page style. Mm -hmm. Hit us with the six in the morning style. Mm -hmm. And now he's about to hit us with this style. Yeah, make it funky. And I like it because I like it because he, you know, he he kind of gave respect to his to his to his DJ on this one. You know, he even he even asked him in the beginning, well, you know, what are we gonna do now? You know what I mean? So he let his DJ kind of kind of take it over. And you know, for me, you know, the first verse is absolutely crazy. You know, Ice really showed you how skillful he was with this one, you know. The microphone virtuoso. Crazy, insane, I'm loco. With the speed to exceed, make other MCs look slow-mo. Quintessential Ice-T right here. And then not to mention. No doubt. He spends like two minutes just shouting out New York City. All five boroughs. In this song. This is, this is Los Angeles. But he spends two minutes just, just, just discussing New York City. He ends it just discussing New York City, the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, right. I, you know, and, right. and John, you and I had this discussion earlier. I maintain that a lot of these artists, <clears throat> beginning with, you know, Audio 2 and Top Billing, they sampled this song for the production of Top Billing. Make It Funky for me mm -hmm. was, in my opinion, Ice taking a breath mm -hmm. on this on this track. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he, because he gave it to you in the beginning, and then he came at you with the, you know, I don't know, I can't remember how many verses six in the morning had. What did we say? Eight or nine? Yeah, ten. <laughs> it was ten verses. You know I mean? Ten, ten. Yeah. yeah, ten verses. And then, yeah. So now, make it funky. He's like, whew, I got, you know, brother needs to breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the same time. He understood that this is a good time to go ahead and give everybody their their love, you know, because as a poet and as poets will do, they give credit to those who influence them. You know what I mean? And that's what smart people do, actually, not just poets. That's what smart people do. You know, you want to give credit to those who influenced you, to those who helped you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as as he goes through this, that's basically all that he's doing. You know what I mean? Undoubtedly, you recognize this jam as ultimate cut. 
uncontrollably you're motivated and you and move your butt it's rough the beat is gangsterous call it tough if you dissing stop fronting come on what's up what's up <laughs> you know what I mean yeah <laughs> what's up yeah you know it's getting that beat mm-hmm. you know what I mean I I think if Ice were to go back and redo this album and realign these these tracks I think he would try to line up the beats a little bit better because it's kind of like a heart meter. You know what I mean? The intro has you down, then rampages take you up, and then six in the morning, I'm just talking beat wise, brings you down, and then make it funky, takes you back up in the air. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as the tempo, the pace, you know what I mean? And this is, and really for the hip hop, you know, consumer out there today, when you, if you were to go back and listen to this, Please judge it on the content of the time that it was made and not judge it on the way things are made now today. You know what I mean? So a lot of the call and response that's in this, you don't see in a lot of hip hop today. A lot of the things that are in this, you don't see in a lot of hip hop today. But if you listen to it, this is this is a straight party cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he gave you Ryan Pays, which is like a little bit of an education. You know what I mean? Then he gave you Six in the Morning, which is that dope boy cut. Now, you know what? Let's just party and kick it. We're in the, we're in the club. I got to give people something to dance to. I got to give people something to jam to. You know what I mean? Here we go. Make it funky. You know, we're just going to sweat. <laughs> you know, we're going to dance on the dance floor. And, you know, we're going to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no doubt. And there's that James Brown influence, too. You know, especially. Oh, yeah. love the James Brown. Yeah, yeah. But that's quintessential West Coast. West Coast was, you know, kind of like that. the first hip-hop sector to really bring in the old-school music that our parents listened to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the East Coast, you know, we were, you know, they were, we were making beats. Everybody had the beat machine, you know what I mean? Some, some rappers were touching on it a little bit here and there, but the West Coast went, went all in with using the Parliament, the James Brown, the everybody from back in the day all that funk, that old school funk that everybody was was listening to. Yeah, they were pulling samples they, and they building on top of the samples. Oh, yeah, everyone, every every one of them. I mean, you even look at Snoop, oh, yeah. N.W.A., yeah. Dre. I mean, you know, Dre Dre gets a lot of credit for being, you know, what I mean, that producer. But when you listen to, I would say, thirty percent, forty percent of his cuts, it's old school music. I think it's not I, new beats that he I, made. I think it's higher than forty percent. You th- you, th- you think? Oh yeah, Parliament. That's 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 Funkadelic right there. That's all day Funkadelic. Isley, okay. Yeah, okay. Isley's Funkadelic. I mean, okay. Dre straight up. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a great producer, but that's Parliament. That's Funkadelic right there. No doubt. Chronic. No doubt. Is, no Chronic doubt. is all Parliament. So is uh you know Doggy Style. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. No no doubt. No doubt. But I did, I was talking over like. Even all the stuff that he's done for other artists, oh, not just yeah, what nah. he's done for himself. I got you. you. I mean, you follow yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I was saying it at like 30%. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Over everything that he's, over everyone he's touched on, over all the beats that he's ever made, I would think like 30% were, you know, samples and loops and right. things of that nature from that era, you know what I mean? That that original, I don't want to say original, but that R&B era that had those sort of artists, the Earth, Wind & Fires, the Parliaments, you know what I mean, the Bootsy, the, you know, so on and so forth, man, whereas 
the East Coast, you know, we were banging that drum machine. We, we were banging that synthesizer. Right. You know what I mean? We weren't reached. Later on, we started reaching back once we saw the commercial appeal and the success that the West Coast was having with it. But before then, we weren't reaching back like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with you on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love the way he... Uh, I, I, I love the way he says, stupid fly. I got it to the F-U-N-K-Y, not Y as in the letter Y, but W-H-Y, mm-hmm. so that you can get loose as I produce sounds hard as the deuce, manipulated the bass gain, give the levels a boost. So, you know what I mean? He's telling that engineer, put everything up to, to plus 10. <laughs> the mm-hmm. lyric layer, rhyme sayer, born to be a player. Mm-hmm. If politics were my kick, then I'd be your mayor. Governor, senator, I'm your mentor. Rap rhythm is erratic. Time for four. Four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's basically letting you know, I'm going to be a star no matter what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I was in politics, I'd be, you know, you would, you would elect me. I'm your mentor. And he's saying that because at the same time, he's seeing how all these other crews from the West Coast are starting to gravitate towards him. You know what I mean? Because after 6 in the morning, I'm going to tell you right now, every, I, would, I would find it hard to believe that there weren't, that most of the people in LA, as far as who were on the hip-hop scene, weren't checking for Ice-T after 6 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going to do next? How, how can I be down? Can you help me out? Yeah, I agree with you, man. The beat is F-U-N, Key. My name is Ice-T. There you go. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love this joint, man. Yo, all right, so reporter wants to get an interview with you guys for Billboard magazine. No, no, no zero. Yo, Ice, it's a girl. Word. Word. Hello, Evo Ice. After the success of your first album, our readers want to know just one thing. How you living? My lifestyle's crazy. I'm luxury lazy. So much gold that jury don't face me. this phone. I'm a jammy with an icy jump. Bank account booming, fast lane zooming. Going around the world for my high post grooming. Max like a preacher, love like a teacher. All right, fellas, next track. Somebody got to do it. Pimpin' ain't easy. Now, this was his fun song. This was nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, Pimpin' ain't easy. He wasn't even really talking about girls on this one, you know? Right, Not right. much, you know? Listen, I mean, the man told you. He told you in the song. But but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> My lifestyle is crazy. I'm luxury lazy. So much gold that jewelry don't face me. The man let you know. Listen, I got it all. This stuff don't face me. Mm-hmm. But somebody got to do it. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to have all the money. Some got it. Somebody got to have all the cornbread, <laughs> all the chitlins, <laughs> all the watermelon. Yeah, I like hog malls and chitlins too. Somebody got to have it all. That's basically what Ice was telling you. Yeah. Listen, somebody out here got to have the women. We got to have the cars. We got to have the money. It may not be you, may not be them, but somebody's got to do it. Just like the government got it now. The government got the money. They got this. They got that. We may not be able to have it, but somebody's got to do. Right. And just so happen it's him. Well, listen, this this may be the corny question. I, I hate to be the corny one on this one, but these past couple of episodes, you know, the three of us have, have been talking about the message this, the message that, you know, right. what's right. going on. Is this a bullshit song right here? All the stuff that he's talking right. about? 
You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, let's just let's just this is just the styles of the rich and famous Robin Leach type song. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? He, right. He's talking about I got five freaks just to comb my hair. I mean, this is this is this is just that knockoff song. You know, this is something. But you gotta remember what the time frame that this song came out in. You know, right. this is 1987. Right. So back then we were still at the clubs, we were still partying, we were still kicking it. So while nobody, and this is the fun side of hip hop. See, hip hop, and, and it's kind of cool that this we're talking about this song because now it's gonna take us into a different branch of. Hip hop doesn't always have to be socially conscious and socially aware. It can also just be fun. Oh, no doubt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As long as it's kept in that context of fun and not looked upon to be the standard bearer of hip hop or, you know, the standard bearer of hip hop at that time or even the direction that hip hop is going to go in. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It could just be a fun song. And that's and that's when I look when I look at this. And, you know, this is just a fun song. Right, because at the yeah. end of the day, like you said, I mean, you bring up a good point. At the end of the day, it's still all about having fun. You know, if you're not having fun, then why right. do it? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess you're right. right. I mean, he's definitely having fun on this joint right here. Yeah, and, at the, and, you know, and everything, like I said, you can't just, you know, we already stated it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, this track had me rolling, man. Got a butler named Humphrey and a maid named Millie. Come on now. <laughs> but somebody got to do it, though. Somebody, you know what I mean? Somebody got to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it definitely, it's definitely a fun joint. And he's talking about stuff that people really weren't, you know, really accustomed to at that time. The cordless phones, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Things of that nature. I mean, you know, it's just, it's 87. Everybody in 87, you know, or not everyone, excuse me, but the social economics in throughout the 80s, were horrible. I mean, you had the collapse of the steel mills. You had the uh, collapse of the auto uh, industry. You had the outsourcing of manual labor jobs. So you had, you know, tons of unemployment across racial lines, you know what I mean, across uh, genders, I mean, everywhere. Right. So to speak about exuberance and such exuberance, like I said, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. One of the reasons why Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous was such a popular show in the 80s, because everybody was so doggone broke. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? One, yeah. they couldn't do anything but sit at home and watch TV. And the other thing was they wanted to at least see the money if they couldn't have the money. That's true, man. And that's one of the hooks that he had in here. One of his man was like, yo, Robin Leach, that dude from Lifestyles of Richard Famous is on the phone. Ice was like, later for that dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, I mean. Listen, man, this song right here was, to me, was just, uh, it was just a fun song because it wasn't even that long. It was like a couple, couple bars, and he was out. He just let you know, listen, somebody got to do it. Mm -hmm. So this might have been something he was just sitting back thinking, like, yo, I should just put it out. You know, his uh, his way of saying, you know, these are my my one through ten of the you know the my commandments, the pimp commandments. Mm -hmm. This is the stuff you got to have to really call yourself making it or being that that baller in the street. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this could have been just that. It wasn't. It wasn't that long, but it was. It was a fun track to actually listen to. That he's saying all this stuff. Yeah. He's killing me. I, I used to be a comedian, man, but he was. He was killing me with this one right here. Yeah, I was dying laughing. Like I said, it's just ice telling you how he's living. Yeah. It's time to start the party if y'all don't mind. Me and E clean our Adidas with 409. He rocks the highs. I dog the bass. You wanna hear his rock? Here's the tape.
409. I don't know how to explain this. So when I hear this song, you guys remember what 409 was, right? That that cleaning the solution. Bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I have such bad memories about 409. You know what I'm saying? Every time I see that bottle of 409, I think about chores on Saturday. You know what I mean? My mother's, you know, putting that in my face, telling me to clean this and clean that. So, but this song right here, the fact that he used 409 to discuss, you know, how he's cleaning his Adidas and all that, I mean, I can definitely relate to it because that's exactly what the hell we use when cleaning our shoes, man. Oh, uh, you, you crazy, scared man. me for a minute there. I thought you was about to go somewhere else with it, tell us a dark secret or stuff. I was like, nah, oh. nah, nah. No more wire hangers. No more wire hangers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, were you, did you have just open cuts and they sprayed 409 on them? Like, this is robotizing, boy. Get up and walk it off. You okay? <laughs> nah, nah. What I meant, wow. you know, she was telling me to use this, you know, I always associate 409 with chores. And I hate it, George, especially on Saturday morning. You trying to watch cartoons, man. You gotta you gotta clean the kitchen, you gotta clean the you know what I'm saying? <laughs> clean the bathroom and all that. Yeah, no doubt, man. Mm-hmm. See, we ain't had the 409. My mom made us make up. Uh, we used to mix a couple of things together, get some comet, hands and knees. Mm-hmm. See, you had that you had you had that rich people cleaning stuff. <laughs> we had, you know, a little bit of bleach, a little bit of uh, <laughs> dishwashing soap. Mix that. <laughs> I'm on you. Man, listen. You yeah, just a, just a little. Whenever we would clean the windows, I can't believe you said that. Whenever we would clean the windows, man, I used to hate it. Uh-huh. I used to hate it, man. That ammonia and that vinegar, man. Yeah. Oh, it used to kill me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, man. man. Listen, I, 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 I feel for you with that one. I mean, we used to sit there and sweep with one album cover and had the other album cover is oh. the pain. <laughs> we was rough with it. Like, yo, sweep it up on there, sweep it up on there, and then throw the, the throw the stuff in the garbage off the other album cover. Yeah. We was, yo, we was seriously the hardcore like that. That was Saturday morning, and that was around the time that uh, Soul Train came on. Oh, yeah. So you know by the time Soul Train finished, you were supposed to be finished with your chores. If you had to go get your hair cut, you was on your way to get your hair cut. If not, then you got to be finished with your chores by the time Soul Train finished. Mm-hmm. Man, those were the those were the times though, man. You you got me with that one with the album covers. Those those made the best dust pants. <laughs> they were the best dust pants. Yeah. Especially especially the ones that that didn't have like um remember how once you had the album cover for so long, you would get the hole in the bottom of the album cover yeah, from yeah. you know slipping the album in and out. Yeah. So you couldn't use that one or you had to turn it on the side because if you did because if you didn't, you would get dirt up inside the album cover holder and then you would scratch the album when you put the album back inside. You was in big trouble then. You was in big trouble. Oh my goodness. I mean, I remember using the album cover as a dustpan and uh, you know, God forbid you choose the wrong one. You know what I'm saying? And your mother hit that corner and see you, you know, using that Stevie Wonder album cover to, to, to clean oh, up the boy. kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a non-starter right there. Yeah, because you had to take the record out, you know what I mean? So you could bend the cover, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. And she flipping out because you're using uh, her beloved Stevie Wonder album collection. All right. Right, right. But yeah, man, 409, this was that party joint too. I mean, back to back party. Oh, joint, yeah. You know, African Islam with that classic, classic beat that influenced, I think, so many, so much of the East Coast sound. I mean, you go back and just listen to the instrumentals from Ron Pace. You can hear, you know, a derivation of other songs that came on after this. I mean, just listen to some of the. You know, some of the break beats, you know, some of the samples that Africa Islam used on this song right here. I mean, 
I hear a lot of songs that that you know took from this one. You know? No doubt, man. I mean, I when I when I hear like you said, man, it's just quintessential for the times. It's 1987. Right. You know what I mean? Clubs are popping. You know what I mean? And. Uh, I remember being in uh, California, not in 87, but uh, in 88, and we used to go to this place called Florentine Gardens, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we used to kick it, man, and they were playing this jam up in there, man, and let me tell you, it would get the party going. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause, because these, you know, while they didn't have a lot of lyrics and things of that nature, but the music interludes on these joints used to be 45 seconds. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have one verse, and then you have, you know, 15 to 25 seconds between verses of just straight music. Mm -hmm. And then the little music interlude breakdown was almost 45 seconds. Breakdancing was big, you know what I mean? So people used to try to intertwine that beat. But also what I liked about this, man, is that you notice, you know, Ice being from New York mm -hmm. and then also, you know, understanding how hip-hop started because he was a Run DMC fan, you know what I mean? And, you know, he was off in the military during, during that time. So he was cultivating his thoughts and, and his sound, you know, because he is an artist, of course. So when you hear his music, like especially this first one, you hear that one foot on the East Coast, one foot on the West Coast. You hear that... You know what I mean? That hustler, that hustler, hustler, hustler. Then you hear that smooth pimp. And then you hear that, you know, that party, party, party. You know what I'm saying? So you hear that he's in that transition, if you will, from that East Coast thing to being that West Coast thing. You follow, follow what I'm saying? Oh, hell yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, this is just another example of that. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, because think about this was a cut that was made in 87 you know everybody's partying that, that new york scene was definitely a high uh hot party scene latin quarters right. you know the rooftop you know what i mean mm -hmm. tin pan apple everybody was kicking it so this is while it's a long song yeah. and there isn't that much depth to the song i mean it i mean it kind of is what it is mm -hmm. uh but at the same time it's quintessential for the time because this this was like you said at the very end Bronx style, Bob's cold, watching my back. Melly Mel's just laying. You know what I mean? He goes all the way through that whole New York, that whole Bronx style, Bob's cold, watching my back. Melly Mel just laying for some punks to act whack. Grandmaster Cash and Donald D. Scholar Rock with a lurk, Chuck, chill out. You know what I mean? He, yeah, yeah. he, 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 this, so he's telling you right now, this is a cut that's, again, party cut, but it's straight up for New York. You know what I mean? Straight up for New York. Yeah, so, I mean, and this is that part of the album. I mean, up until this point, up until the last song, actually, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, somebody got to do it. I mean, this is a break in the album where Ice went, you know what, let's have some fun with this. Let's, let's, let's you know, party a little bit. Let's, you know, do something for the club, you know? You heard the ice is rocking, ticket sales was high. Bought some fresh Adidas so you can look fly. Broke out from your crib, rushing to your head. Tripped and stumbled, almost broke your neck, coming down the stairs. Jumped into the ride, pushed your speed to the limit. Jumped out of your car faster than you jumped in. And now you're at the jam, put in for a shot. Stupid big line wrapped around the block. Through the wall of the hall, you can hear me rhyme. Methodically, you skin the way to cut in line. Got inside the sight, straighten your curves. Just as you looked around, all you can see were girls. I love ladies. The next track, I Love the Ladies. Again, another classic African Islam beat. I mean, this is just one through 10. Track one through 10, African Islam just destroyed this album from the oh production standpoint. Oh my goodness. But this track right here, I mean, Ice loves the ladies. You know what I'm saying? Ice loves the ladies. And he tell you that right up front. I mean, if you listen, if you listen close, 
Ice admits it. He admits right up front. Look, I talk a lot of shit, you know, about the about girls, about the ladies, and all that. But he pays like the ultimate homage and respect to them in that first verse. Did you guys catch that part? Go ahead and bring it out because we might be thinking about the same thing. Yeah, he was like, you know, he said, I think it's time that I tell you the truth. I've been dissing females since my early youth. He's like, but you know, that's a drag, and there's no doubt because females are the one thing I can't do without. Female companionship is my one vice. I love to buy girls things, love to treat them real nice. But he's like, you must admit, the best part of each day is when a beautiful lady comes walking your way. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's ice paying homage right there, man. No, I don't want to talk about this song. Why? Uh, I don't feel I should have to talk about this song. Why? Ice knows why. I told you why. I told you. This man, listen, man. I told you why. <laughs> The neck bones, play the neck bones, brother, play the neck bones. I don't feel, yeah, love the ladies, I, yeah, you, you think it's a game? You think it's a game, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> He's still salty about that, huh, Dad? It's okay, I read order. <laughs> Type of person come at you, you be like, yeah, you miss me, I'm like, yeah, I'm every bullet so far. <laughs> <laughs> H.O. Lucius Lyman looking self, here's a yeah, ice love the ladies. Uh-huh, nah, but you know what, this was a good song. I got to give it to him. Mm-hmm. And he and pretty much he's telling everybody what it is. So, you know, he loved the ladies, can't do without them. I don't know too many brothers can sit up there and do without them. How many times, though, do we always say, man, I, I wish I had never met that chick. And next thing you know, as soon as some liquor hits your system, you're looking at your phone like, I'm going to call her right now, man. I swear to God, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell the truth. I love her. And next thing you know, you are the other end of the phone like, F you. I ain't, I ain't never liked you anyway. You big nose mother, are you? You, you know, it's, it's just, you're going in, but you can't live without them. No matter what, you cannot live without the ladies, man. Nah, for real. you can't. And he says it right there at the end of the first verse. He said, that's where our serious problems begin. Because to me, women are God's true gift. There's absolutely Amen. no question who I'd rather be with. I mean, Ice went in on this, man. He paid, you know, this is this this was this, you know, he he paid the ultimate homage to them with that, man. No yeah, doubt. They, no doubt. They got they got the gift, but you know what? At the same time, it's a blessing and a curse. Boy, it's a curse sometimes. I love the ladies too. <laughs> but here's but here's my favorite part of the song because it's very apropos for right now to what's going on in the world of hip hop. I'm a junkie for females, and that's a fact. I'm not into having my homeboys rubbing my back. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right right now in hip-hop, you know what I mean? You have situations that are going on, and you know what I mean? It's kind of dragging things in different directions. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that the old-school hip-hop heads, you know, really, not that they care, you know, who's, you know, what, you know, want, want to do what. But at the same time, this is hip-hop. This is how hip-hop is. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Me no lost on man. He's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not in a reggae joint. Yeah, yeah, real boy, real boy. Yeah, men are lotion, man. Yeah, you go on the beach, you don't see not not one man lotion upon another man back. Not not backside, no. Translation, John. Translation. <laughs> you can't go for, you can't go to the beach and see another brother rubbing lotion on another man's backside, which is his butt or his back. You can't see that. So in literal terms, me no lotion, man. 
He's stupid, stupid man. <laughs> He's stupid. He's stupid. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you are what you are, but yeah. yo, I just did not come no here lotion bond. <laughs> don't, don't don't come here with that. I mean, yo, I'm good with you being the way you are, but it's kind of like the way I feel about people with religion. If you sit up there and you have your own religion, you're into Christ, you're into Jehovah, whatever you're into, that's fine if you feel that way. But once you start pushing that on other people, I feel you are attacking me. I will punch you in your face. That's, that's why when the Jehovah Witness came to my house, I answered the door in my underwear with a beer in my hand and said, Salaam Alaikum. That I, that they ain't come to the door no more. I ain't, since I've been here, I ain't seen another Jehovah Witness come to the door at all. But don't push your religion on me. Don't push your sexuality on me. If you're a lesbian, don't get mad if I say hello to your girlfriend. I'm not trying to take her from you. I'm just saying hello. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just, it's nothing wrong with anybody liking anybody. Everybody needs love. But just don't push it on me. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't mind you being that way, but just don't push it on me. Yeah. Now here's now here's a now here's a funny question. Do you think given that what today's time is, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What what the situations are right now in society. Towards the end of this verse, I says, you better get away from me at a high rate of speed cuz if you don't like them then uh, you must like men. And homeboy, that's where our serious problems begin. Because to me, women are God's true gift. That's, there's absolutely no question who I'd rather be with. Right. So now in today's society where homosexuality is much more prevalent, mm-hmm. do you think Ice-T would stand up to these lyrics or do you think he would defend these lyrics? I think he would defend them, but I think he would have, he would run into serious problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, think, would, I, I, just, I think he would defend them, but I think he would, you know, advise also that that was a younger Ice at the time. I think John was saying if that song was released today, for the first time. Exactly. This song. Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. okay. If it was released yeah. today for the first time, oh, Ice would catch hell. Yeah, he would. We, we, we all know that. Ice would catch hell. They'll stop selling his albums in the stores. He'd have protest marches. Man, listen. They'll start dumping uh, unused hot dogs on his front lawn. All kind of stuff. <laughs> he said I, unused. <laughs> what the Ice hell is get unused hot dog? Is that just a, is that just just a regular a, hot dog? <laughs> That's just straight out the pack. They just put hot dogs without mustard on it on your front lawn. Just Yo, what the leave, fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with you, man. <laughs> what is oh, wrong? <laughs> listen, man, I told y'all. Golly, don't listen. Don't blame it on me. Blame it on my parents. They should have held hands, exchanged numbers, or something. So <laughs> just, just don't blame it on me. <laughs> Yo, I got a question. I got a question for you, Dad. <laughs> what? What the? Fuck, man. What is an un- <laughs> unused hot dog versus a used hot dog? What is the difference, man? Because <laughs> a, a, a used hot dog a used hot dog is hot and wrinkled. An unused hot dog just stinks. It's right out the pack. It just, it's, it's been sitting in the juices. And you lay that on somebody's front lawn, man, that smells like a, a wet baby's fart. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> you are damn stupid, man. All right, all right, all right. Let me let me compose myself. Let me, up, let me compose myself. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> all right, here we go. I love the ladies. You know, this is another one of Ice's party joints. I mean, honestly, I got nothing else to say about this album other than this. Other than this, <clears throat> I keep going back to Africa Islam's production. Right. Now, let, let me ask you guys something. Eighty-seven. Who was using sub bass back in eighty-seven? I can't remember. Nobody. I honestly don't know. Nobody. Nobody. Right? Nobody. Nobody. 
man, Africa Islam was, right. you know, he was the pioneer behind that because this album here was full of sub bass, man. No doubt. And this kicked off that whole 808 sub, sub bass mm-hmm. the whole season. Yeah. I think it was like four or five years everyone was rocking that. Every, I mean, Dios, everyone was talking about the 808s, and everyone was talking about it, man. Yeah, and I don't think he gets his just due because he was so instrumental with the growth of hip-hop, you know, from the classic era into the golden age. I mean, his sound just no his sound was just everywhere. I mean, from the east to the west coast, as yeah. we're talking about right now. One, two, one, two, in the place to be. My name is MC Ice-T. And my name is DJ Evil E. And on the beatbox, the man there is none hotter. Son of Bambada, Prince of Charm, Africa Islam. Oh, yeah. yeah. But wait a minute, E, what's up with this girl right oh, here? Oh, man, right she here? look pretty down, man. Oh, I think baby, that's baby, what baby, I want. Baby, baby, that's what I want. Sex in the morning. Sex at night. Sex in the afternoon's all right. Ain't a man on earth that can stay alive without a sex drive. All right, next track, <clears throat> Sex. Not my favorite joint. Not my favorite Ice-T record. I mean, again, I keep, you know, what you said, John, for the last track, I keep saying in the back of my head, you got to remember the time. You got to remember the time period when these songs, when these records came out. But, I mean, it seems kind of almost hypocritical, right? I mean, he just did the, you know, Ice Loves the Ladies track two songs ago. And now you got this one where he kind of goes back into the, you know, degrading and, you know, talking about women in not so good of a light. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not one of my favorite joints. I, again, I hate to be the corny one. You know what I'm saying? But Oh, no, definitely not the corny one. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think if you ask Ice today if this is one of his favorite songs that he's made, he may say not one of his favorites. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just, again, it's just indicative of the time. So, and it's... It's youthful exuberance to a certain extent. It is his debut album. So, you know, there are going to be some misses on it. And this may have been one of those. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, I'm not Cisco and Ebert on the ratings up or down. I'm just talking about my, you know, opinion. And it's art, so it's subjective. Right. So, you know, now, was was this rocking in the club? Again, 87. Clubs were under 21 clubs that used to kick you know what i'm saying so you there was that young youth crowd that he was also you know trying to rock and get excited Mm -hmm. so you got to make music for what people want to hear to a certain extent and this is a reach you know what i mean because and i consider it a reach because you didn't hear or see this style throughout any other ice t albums from here on out nah you're right about that you didn't you didn't. I mean, he went in. He was real graphic with this one. And you're right. He didn't He didn't come down to this level on any other song that I've heard him do on any of his other albums after this. Well, I think the brother was Shakespeare. <laughs> you got to think about it. He said it then told you, I love the ladies. And then what did he go into after that? I need sex. So I love sex and want sex. He letting you know, listen, the, the way they put it together is poetic. I love the ladies and sex. Now, after this, let's see what the next song is and see if it all kind of chimes together. Is that a segue into the next track? In a second, we will see. <laughs> I love the ladies and sex. Mm-hmm. Remember, well, then let's just the- well let's just say what it is. The next track is pain. Deuce Deuce Revival was my problem solver. Had a depth girl, really didn't want to end Baba in the life of a gangster. Used to rob banker, but now I'm locked up. I'm just a punk low rankster. Jail cells know me too damn well. Seems like I built on earth my own personal hell. No matter how I climb, somehow I always fell. Guess a lot of players got this. That man is a genius. See, y'all don't understand that. 
See? Well, uh-huh. on the next track, In Pain, I mean, he went back to that gangster shit on this one. This was no, yes, this, this was not <laughs> girls. This wasn't sex. This Dude. was straight up gangster shit right here. He went back to it. He went back just to that it. New York style. But, yeah. Just that, but just like that said, New York you style. Gotta right here. Yeah. You got to understand. The words chime together. Like I said, I love girls, sex, and pain. <laughs> you know where that's coming from? See, I don't even see, y'all don't see the connection yet. MC Light. Got a rough neck, gotta have a rough neck. Got a rough neck, gotta have a. He come home, eat something, and and then he's back to the street to act up. That's ly- lyrically. That is the path of a rough neck right there. Yeah, you love yeah. the ladies. You may not, you may not all get along with them all the time, but you love the ladies. And then right after that, what happens? You want to sex them down. Then what happens? I gotta get back to these streets and get in this grind. That's Roughneck 101. But Roughneck, didn't that come out after this, though? Wasn't that 90 joints, though? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, that goes all the way down the line to MC Light. MC Light took it way back to what people wasn't listening to or thinking about. There was no mindset of saying, yo, how do we put this album together to make sure these songs, like, really flow into each other back then? Nowadays, they're doing it. But back then, they didn't. But... I see that it kind of is. I like see I what said. you're saying. Yeah, I do see it. Shakespeare. I see, I see now. I, 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 see I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Told you, see? And there'd be some old men on the porch right now. Hell no. No, he didn't. that boy is a genius. Look at him. Hell no. No, he didn't. I just put it together for y'all. Got you. Got you. And for me, it was just... An example of that New York style, like I said, you know, Ice shows us three styles on this: New York, pimp, and party. You know what I mean? And we've saw, we've seen all three of those over the last five tracks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Did you see how long this song was? Did you guys check how yeah. long? This, it wasn't like a verse. You know what I mean? No. It wasn't. It was just one long song, but it was divided into so many different sections, man. So descriptive right here. I mean, this right here is one of my favorite songs. I mean, I clock. He reaches deep. Yeah. I, yeah. He says, I clocked two grand a day. Yes, I was born to play. Who, me and Mickey D's? It wouldn't work. No way. I'm a big money haver, but not the last laugher. For me, infamy makes me no autographer. I mean, this is this is Ice defining himself, man. It seems like every every debut album that we've reviewed, there's always like that one record where the artist is defining himself. You know, I think this one, probably more than any of the others, Ice does that here. This is the definition of Ice-T in this song right here, Pain. This Pain joint, you know, it, it definitely has some, uh, it definitely has some dark imagery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I kind of like when he breaks it down towards the end when he's like, but I'm unlike the rest known to be the best fast money true wealth my eternal quest i hustle all night long there ain't no gain and rest 12 gauge close range mm-hmm. blood on my chest mm-hmm. i looked into his face i thought he was my friend my boy has set me up this wound will never mend so he's giving you that game right there as yeah. well like mm-hmm. everybody's grimy mm-hmm. everybody's grimy so you got to be looking out and that just lets you know again, man, that it's so much of a doggy dog situation. Not even, not just back then, but that is what that situation was like back then. Oh, for sure. Everybody was, every, everyone was scrambling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you either, you know, get down or lay down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, I, I, I compare this to only what we reviewed, right? 
We talk about, you know, Yo Bum Rush the Show, Reasonable Doubt, Elmatic. The overall message about the street game is the same. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's bullshit. At the end of the day, right. at the end of the day, it's complete 100% bullshit. At the end of the day, no at the end of the day, the only one that you can trust, the only one that you can depend on is who? Yourself. Right. It's yourself, man. So. Yep. He tells you about the pen. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? Tells you about the bus. You know, because everybody in that life got to go through the bus. You know what I'm saying? And he's, and, and he's painting that picture for you as well. Yo, Eva, what's up, man? They be bugging. They won't play our records on the radio, man. Say we violent, man. They need to look at the news. You know what I'm saying? Somebody need to kill that noise. Man, what you doing with that up under your shirt? Oh, man, it's time we put some head out word. Let's get busy, E. Come on, homeboy. Squeeze the trigger. Last track, Squeeze the Trigger. Another Africa-Islam joint. I mean, I, I don't think, like 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 that said, I mean, I don't think you can say enough about Africa-Islam and his work on this particular album. I mean, if you dig deep into the lyrics of what Ice was saying, I mean, there's pain there. You're talking about, you know, they say I'm violent, they should watch the TV. You say I'm brutal, you should check your PD. You made me, now your kids rape me. I rap about the life that the city streets gave me. There's, there's definitely pain in these lyrics right here. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely, definitely, definitely talking about real experiences that he's seen and he's been through. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I mean, seriously, he sits up there and says, I'm, man, I'm sick of you cops. Mm -hmm. That lets you know right there, you didn't really have so many people back then, you know, saying, I'm like, just saying, you're nah. after police or. They were, they were doing this and that back then to police or tricking police or whatever. He sits up there and says, searching my posse, found the Uzi but missed the 12 gauge. Maniac, I'm a Ron Brainiac, living on the edge of a razor. Remember that. This dude is like, you know, listen, what they did to us in these streets as far as cops back then pushed us to that point where you either internalize it or you, you know, you use it externally. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people chose to use it externally and say, listen, I'm going to destroy everything around me because you're making me feel like a monster or, or, or a maniac. And I'm going to show you what a maniac or monster really is. Yeah, yeah. you know, sh shout out to Monster, Monster Cody Scott. Oh, that's <laughs> a great book, by the way. That's a great book. Yeah, yeah. Monster's a great book. But I mean, wow. the power, for me, the power behind this song, I mean, he's explaining he is. He's explaining why it is he needs guns, right? He's explaining. Right. Cops hate kids. Kids hate cops. Cops kill kids with warning shots. Then he says, what is crime? What is it not? What is justice? I think I forgot. We buy weapons to keep us strong. Why? Because Reagan sends guns where they don't belong. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, this is a strong, strong record I ran right contra. Here. Yeah, yeah strong you know record I mean? right here. Then he goes at the end of that verse, he says, a brother in Queens was beaten and chased, murdered cold in the streets, a goddamn disgrace. Just because of his race, his life went to waste. No one went to jail when the court heard the case. Is that justice or corruption? It's all interlaced. It's all the same. You know, how can you swallow this? I just can't stand the taste. That lets you know right there. This was in what, 87? 87. And 87. We are now, we are now in 2015. Mm -hmm. And the, some of the same things are still happening. You got, you know. Some, when he says I've been dogged out by cops, shackled in shock, 
paid my dues through the streets, took my hard knocks. Disrespected by snobs, damn near trampled by mobs, persecuted by squares, working nine to five jobs. But I prowl, but, I, but like a panther I prowl, like a lion I growl. And then he keeps going all the way through that entire verse about how he's been disenfranchised, but yet I'm still going to stand up and I'm going to be who I'm going to be because you're not going to hold me down, period. You know, everybody's trying to come against me. I'm the voice of the youth, the prophet of truth. What I speak is reality, though some may say ruthless. You know what I'm saying? Ruthless tactics are awakened by me. You know, so he's telling you, I'm trying to reach these youths because this is what's happening. This is, you know, you figured this album came out in 85, so these events took place, or excuse me, the album came out in 87, so these events took place in like 85. You know, so just you can probably, if we really dug deep, we can probably tie these events to actual situations that occurred because he's not making them up. He's just waxing poetic. Ice is a poet. He already told us that. We see that how his lines break down, how he breaks down his, his uh, verses. Exactly. What other genre of music besides hip hop addressed political instability like this? I think to a certain degree, you have political unrest in a lot of music because you figure like rock and roll, the flower child movement, you know, over the Vietnam War, you know, is yeah. the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, rock and rock and roll. You know, everything is rage against the machine. You know what I mean? Right. It's so to a, to a certain degree, but I hear what you're saying to the larger degree of just a certain segment of the population. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's not the general populace that feels this way. It's just a certain segment of the populace is even more disenfranchised by a group that's out there that's supposed to protect and serve us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is the justice system as well as the, uh, you know, as well as the uh, police, as well as law enforcement. Right. But I think it's just pretty much uh, recycle. As you look at it in the uh, 50s and 60s, the same way we felt about them then is the same way we felt about them when I said this, and that's the way we're starting to feel again now. Then you sit up there and you see after that is I'm black and I'm proud. We saw that with uh, with KRS, with Public Enemy. We saw that in that group. Then when you had the Flower Age, when around the Vietnam War, you had the Daisy Age. What happened with the Daisy Age? That's when you had Plug One, Plug One, Plug Two, and Plug Three come out. And you have all of those, but it was real happy rap with the Jungle Brothers and stuff. It was self-conscious. But you know what? You wasn't looking up there to try and harm the next brother. You were sitting up there like, yeah, my brother, you know what I'm saying? We need to build together, brother. Let's move on. So it all is repetitive to me. The thing is, times keep repeating itself, and only so many people keep waking up. Yeah, but it's just the same recycle nonsense, man. Mm -hmm. And that's where music can come in, you know, because it is a good art form, you know, and hip hop tells that story to help awaken more minds. So those types of barriers start to, uh, you know, continually crumble. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you look at what happened, you know, what was undercover then, what Ice-T is talking about back here in 87, mm -hmm. you know, again, probably um, occurred back in 85 or maybe even a little earlier than that. While we still see it occurring, but at least now there isn't the cover-up. Right. You know what I mean? People are being exposed for whom that, you know, for who that they are, mm -hmm. you know, for who they are, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, so while in, you know, while some will say, you know, that's, you know, there, at least there's some progress, at least there's something that's being done about it, you know, and it is being illuminated. So now that the problem's being illuminated for everyone to see, while we were, while ICE and everybody was feeling the same way back at this time, 
now we have cameras showing you this, mm-hmm. you know, because back then when this was released, you know, a large populace of America say, oh, he's lying. They're exaggerating. They don't know that doesn't happen. Just another black kid caught up, you know, there it is. Now you're seeing the video evidence of these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, this whole war on drugs is what Ice-T is really singing about here. Mm-hmm. You know, or, 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 or rapping about here, you know, and how the war on drugs decimated communities, right? decimated communities in various ways from, you know, just just the whole trust of the trust of those who are supposed to protect you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's saying that you got to be extra strong just to make it out the hood because you got to make it through so many obstacles, which is just the cops. And you're not even doing anything wrong. You're trying to make music. Right. You know? So there it is, man. Before we close it out, though, I want to ask you guys something. I mean, there's no doubt that Ice-T was a pioneer. Where, where does Ice-T sit in the whole echelon of things of hip-hop back in 87? I think one could look at him as maybe a bridge builder mm-hmm. between that East Coast, West Coast rap game. You know what I mean? Because you, you had hip-hop on the West Coast, you had hip-hop on the East Coast, but there wasn't any connection prior to Ice. If I, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Ice built that bridge. You know what I mean? And with that, you saw styles, different different collaborations come about. You know, he helped build that West Coast, you know what I'm saying, that West Coast platform. You know, because he helped bring, because don't forget, hip-hop was primarily an East Coast thing. You know what I mean? So now people who can hear that East Coast in Ice's rhymes now he's starting to get national play and he's from the west coast okay now the west coast got a little bit of a different sound because now that since he's out there in the west coast making music he's keeping his foot in the door holding it open symbolically to a certain extent for other west coast rappers to now come in you know what i mean ice ice t's out there who else is out there i'd have to say uh him and Too Short, to me, were the event starters to gangster rap that came out of the West Coast. Too Short sold his out of the trunk of his car. Yeah, yeah. And then you have you have Ice-T, who made millions as his career went on, just like Too Short made millions as his career went on. So you sit up there and you see these dudes making it, and they was just talking about what they saw in Oakland and what they saw in California. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it on wax, and here's the, here's the starter pistol. Pop. Let's go. As always, we like to end this on a good note and say thank y'all for listening once again and give our shout outs and thank you to uh, those sponsors and those uh, people listening to us around the country right now. I'd like to give a shout out to Uptown Cuts in Morristown, my man Vic, and Touch over here at the barbershop. Y'all always uh, hook my son's hair, but I don't get cussed in no more because, you know, my, I'm a bald dude now. But I appreciate all of y'all listening. Uh, a lot of the people, like I could say, uh, Hillary Davis. I, Hillary, I don't even know how to say your last name, so I'm not going to destroy it. But she's running for second ward in Marstown, New Jersey. Make sure y'all sit up there and get out there and vote when it's time to vote. Because if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And uh, I just want to 
you know, say, you know, thanks to, uh, you know, Ice for putting out such a fantastic album for us to review. Really hope you get an opportunity to check it out. And uh, if you hit one of us up, maybe we can get uh, some uh, free gear out to you. <laughs> and uh, also I want to shout out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Way to go ahead and bring that victory back on Monday Night Football. Vic, good job. And uh, one of the best Steeler fans that I know on uh, through the uh, Facebook and different social media sites, young lady by the name of Tam Tam Nugent. She uh, has works at a nail salon in uh, Baltimore called Nails 2000. Tam Tam, I really appreciate you. She's always listening to the Light Podcast. She's always uh, has has something really nice to say about the podcast. I mean, Scott, there's been a couple times where you've posted the podcast and she's finished listening to it before I have. She's commenting on it before I could even say anything about it. So uh, thanks for the love. Thanks for the listeners. want to thank my family for uh, supporting me while I go on this journey. want to thank everybody who's hitting us up and supporting us and uh, telling us that uh, what we're doing is, uh, you know, is reaching people and they appreciate the perspective and the subjectivity that we're bringing to it. Uh, so want to just thank everybody and uh, looking forward to keeping doing it. Three minus four. There it is. All right, I like to shout out, you know, first and foremost, my family as well. I mean, I do everything for my kids. And, um, you know, even though they can't, they're, they're too young to listen to a show like this <laughs> because of the, not just the subject matter, but the language that we use. Um, they definitely keep me moving. They definitely keep me motivated. Um, What's wrong with the language? What's wrong with the language? <laughs> I'm actually talking to you, that more, more so you than anybody else. <laughs> now, who in the ham fat told you I said something? <laughs> uh, lastly, i like to shout out uh, hiphopgoldenage.com for always coming out and showing love to us, showing love to the show. Um, for constantly posting and, and, and uh, tweeting about our show and what it is that we're doing. We definitely appreciate the love on that. And um, also a second shout out to Hillary Davis from Morristown, New Jersey, hometown, uh, building off of what Debt said for running uh, uh, for councilwoman in Morristown, New Jersey. You're going to do a tremendous job. I have no doubt that you're going to bring it home and, and definitely show respect and love to where it is that we're from, Morristown, New Jersey. I love to open your chest up. I've got no concept of life for death. Placing my hands on your neck. All I want is your last breath. Give me a motherfucking break. I should behave. Give me a motherfucking shovel. I'll dig grave. I break ill in extra large portions. Where's your parents? I'll make you an orphan. So when you're talking crazy, you better think of me. The I to the C to the E to the fucking T. There'll be no scream. No tears or cries. Just a laser beam between your fucking eyes. You feel strange, so now you know that you're locked to the pulse of the rhyme. Flow, flow, flow.